following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. It's a Moneyline Monday presented by DraftKings on the huge show across Michigan. Make sure you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and always use promo code HUGE to get the hookups. That's code H-U-G-E when you sign up after downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook app and get in on the action. College basketball, the NHL, NBA, pro golf, NASCAR, and more. NBA action is waiting for you. Use code HUGE to get the promo hookup when you sign up after downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook app. It is a Moneyline Monday presented by DraftKings on the Michigan Sports Network. Are you ready for huge opinions on the Lions, Tigers, Wings, Pistons, Michigan, MSU, and every sports team in the state of Michigan? It's time for the huge show. From the east side to the west side to the UP, the huge show is on air statewide on the Michigan Sports Network. Voice your huge opinions now at 1-866-838-HUGE. That's 1-866-838-4843. Now, the huge one, Bill Simonson. Michigan. This is not Bill Simonson today. You get a guest host this today and for the rest of the week. I am Jeff Rusden. Those of you who've listened to the huge show, you know who I am. Managing editor for the Lions Wire, uh, co-host of the Detroit Lions podcast, NFL writer for Real GM, and just all-around sports fan. Uh, I am sitting in today for Bill. Uh, we will have uh, have some fun today. On Happy President's Day, by the way, for those of you who celebrate. Uh, Bill is off all week. Uh, no truth to the rumor that he is, in fact, uh, at the same place where Aaron Rodgers just had his darkroom experience. Uh, that's been verified for me. Um, I, I think it might do huge little good to do that, but do some little soul searching. But that's not what he's doing this week. Um, he's off enjoying some 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 huge time. So he asked me to fill in today. So I am in with you today. The rest of the week, you will have. The inimitable, very talented Eric Zane sitting in this chair, actually sitting in the chair that's right there, and I will be in this chair uh, where I'm at right now the rest of the week because uh, they don't let me push the buttons. They, they just don't trust me with that sort of thing. So uh, we've had a fun, it was a fun sports weekend for the first weekend without football. Well, we did have football, though. We had the XFL. Um, I'm not going to lie. I watched the end of the Battle Hawks game where they, they won uh, in, in miraculous fashion after completing a 4th and 15 instead of doing an onside kick. That's a fun rule. We're going to talk about some of that stuff later. But uh, the, the primary focus today uh, coming out of this weekend was what happened Saturday night in Ann Arbor. The Michigan State-Michigan basketball game was it was a can't-miss TV. It was a can't-miss event for the state. And if you listen to this show, you know why it's important. Um, aside from the fact that this was a game where the story around the game was more important than the game itself. Obviously, it's, a, it's an important game. I mean, Michigan's fighting for their tournament live, uh, and they did a good job of, of working on that. Michigan State working on seeding, making sure that they're safely in and comfortable and, and not playing in a weird spot. Uh, but But what happened with the game and after the, the tragic incident that happened in, in East Lansing last week where, where students were murdered. And that's, I, I, I don't understand how they can comprehend 
going forward with that. And Michigan State is back at school today. They're back in classes. I think that's that's a good step towards getting back to some st- sense of normalcy. But the way that the sports and the sporting event of a rivalry took center stage was, to me, it, it was very emblematic of that that some things are bigger than sports and bigger than rivalries. And sports allowed us to come together as as a giant family. You know, whether you whether you're you know you're, you're a Spartan, you're a Wolverine. We were all for the same thing that night, and I think watching the way that, that Michigan and their pep band played the, the, the Spartan fight song, that's not something that they learn. I guarantee that. Uh, they had to learn that. The way that it was bathed in green, the way that, that, that there was harmony, you know, where normally, you know, you don't really worry about your security between those, you know, between when you're a Spartan fan and you go to East Lansing or you're, you're a Wolverine fan and you go to, you know, to Ann Arbor or vice versa. But uh, this was this was where like it felt like we needed this. We needed this as a state. We needed to come together, at this, whether it's catharsis or just like group therapy. And it was group therapy in a sports session, and that's that's my favorite kind. I, I suspect that's probably your favorite kind if you're someone listening to this show regularly. And the way that it came together, and that that all the the hostility was put aside. Uh, and, and there was somebody there who had a, a, a whiteboard sign, and I thought it was fantastic. And it said, little brother, but then the little was crossed out and said, love you, brother. That, that, was, that was beautiful. That was, that, that was a perfect moment, perfect time for that. And, and it made me just maybe it, it made me feel great as somebody that doesn't have a rooting interest either way. I don't really care who wins that game. I'm not a Spartan. I'm not a Wolverine. Like it, I, I wanted to see a good basketball game. More than that, I wanted to see how the students would react, how the fans would react, how the players would react. Michigan State, like that, that that's a traumatic experience that they went through. And I, I give their players credit. I give Tom Izzo and his staff credit for for getting them ready for the game, for dealing with circumstances that a basketball team quite frankly should never have to worry about the fact that they might not feel safe in their school in their dorm um, when they're going to get something to eat at the, at the dining hall like that that that's something you can't you can't put a you just can't fathom that when you're a basketball coach and you know you're 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 teaching these young men basketball you're teaching them you know how to become better adults you're not you're not a a licensed psychotherapist to deal with you know wild trauma that you just don't expect so i thought i thought that was a fantastic event uh I-, I thought that the way that it was handled by both michigan and michigan state was top notch i think they both universities both athletic departments both head coaches quite frankly deserve a lot of credit for how they handled it for how they progressed with the situation you know there was some question earlier in the week that if the game would even be played and i think they made the right decision in, in going forward with that and making it happen uh, we're going to talk more about the game itself. We're going to have Anthony Broom on later uh, in, the, in the next hour to sort of break down what, what his thoughts were from being there and also uh, you know, the, what it means that Michigan did, in fact, win um, and the Michigan State lost and, and just the, the Michigan side of, of the story, too, because I think that's important. Um, you know, it, it's different when you're on the other side of that equation. Uh, I, I do remember... Uh, to, to, just to talk about how sports bring people together from from disparate environments and, and stressful times, um, Hurricane Harvey hit the Houston area, um, and it hit, I used to live there, and it hit very hard where I lived. And it was during the preseason, and th- there was a scheduled preseason game between the Houston Texans and the Dallas Cowboys. Houston and Dallas aren't really rivals, 
but Dallas doesn't like having any challenges to their throne in the state of Texas. So they they tend to look down on the, on the little brothers. Like it's a very fitting simile for for the way that the Dallas views Houston. But in that case, they wound up calling the game off, and instead of just like doing nothing, the Cowboys players and staffers went to Houston and helped. Like they they got out and they were like re- responding to the community. Jerry Jones, who I criticize a lot, if you read my writings and listen to me and all. They donated a lot, a lot of money to help the Houston community. Uh, he didn't have to do that, and I think that sometimes, you know, the the sports they they help you respond. They they bring out the best in people when there's there's times of crisis and adversary. You think back to to nine eleven back in two thousand one, and when the New York Mets and the New York Yankees came back onto the field, like. Everybody in America was watching those games and wearing the the FDNY caps, and you know this obviously isn't to that level with with Michigan and Michigan State, but it it's the same sort of sentiment and the same sort of feeling. And I feel blessed that we got to you know have that to help us all get through a a very traumatic time and, and healing time for our state that we was very much needed, um, and hopefully we don't need again anytime soon because. Uh, God bless the folks that were involved um, and, and impacted by it directly. It's, you know, uh, I, I, my kids aren't in college yet. There's, I have a high schooler and a middle schooler. But the, the thought that, you know, they could know someone, a, a classmate could have been there. You know, somebody that my kid might have played basketball with at some point. Or, you know, someone that my wife might have worked with. You know, one of their kids. Like, I can't wrap my head around that. And the, the way that the sports and, and the basketball game specifically Helped us all get through that. I, I think that was a very magical moment. So that was my number one takeaway from the weekend. And we'll talk more. Like I said, we're going to have Anthony Broom on again later uh, in the show. Uh, but we're also going to talk some football today. Um, we, we got we got a lot of fun. Like, I got my football guy. Uh, at this time next week, I will actually be driving to Indianapolis to be at the scouting combine. It will be my, I believe it's my 16th time down there. Always my favorite time of year because I learn more about what the Detroit Lions are going to do there than I do in any other week of the year. Uh, I also learned what they're not going to do and what a lot of other teams are looking at and not looking at. So we're going to do a little preview of that today. Uh, i got a couple of folks that I know who will uh, be down there with me and I will be dining with next week. Uh, we have uh, Mark Schofield. Again, if you know me, if you listen to the Detroit Lions podcast at all, we have Mark on all the time. He works for SB Nation, uh, formerly with Touchdown Wire. He's been a good friend of mine. He's a former collegiate quarterback. He is a specialist in breaking down quarterbacks. We're going to talk to, to Mark in a little bit about, uh, oh, the, the, the draft and the quarterbacks and the free agent and the quarterbacks and what might happen with Lamar Jackson. Where's Derek Carr going to go? Things like that. But uh, also uh, just a little bit of a, a combine preview from him. Uh, and then in the very next segment, we have Scott Bischoff. Scott Bischoff is the master of the NFL draft. He's been doing this for longer than I have, and this is the 20th draft I've covered. Scott is one of a kind. He's got unique perspective. Um, he works with us on the Detroit Lions podcast. He's recorded a lot of great videos, and we're going to talk about a couple of his most recent ones. One of them deals with Anthony Richardson as a potential Lions target. We're also going to talk some cornerbacks and some just overall draft strategy with Scott. Uh, that'll be coming up after the next break. Uh, and then later in the show, um, you might have heard last week, uh, in fact, when I was sitting in this very chair with Huge sitting across from me, we talked about how Todd Wash, the Lions defensive line coach, left for the Charlotte Panthers. Or... Carolina Panthers in Charlotte. 
My friend Mike Kay, who covers the Panthers for the Charlotte Observer, that's where I was confused there, uh, is going to join us and, and talk about why the Panthers are stealing our coaches, because they have Todd Wash and they also have Deuce Staley, um, who both made lateral moves to go to Charlotte and Frank Reich's staff and leave Detroit. So we're going to talk to Mike for a little bit of perspective on that and also what the Panthers might do in the draft, because where they pick has a very big influence on what's going to happen with the Detroit Lions and where they pick in the draft. So uh, we'll talk to Mike about that. Uh, and also get a little bit of a, just a combine preview from him. So that, that's our show for the day. We're gonna have we're gonna have a lot of fun with this too. We're gonna we're gonna you know, look. You know me. I'm gonna have some fun with this. Um, and in the spirit of fun, for those of you who have known me for a long time, know that I am a weather guy at heart. I went to I went to college. I went to Ohio U to become a television weatherman. And while those dreams got dashed because physics was just something that I couldn't grasp. I get a chance to read the weather today, and that makes me very happy. So, in the spirit of Dr. Ronald Isaac at Ohio University, um, now who's retired, um, first off, I will I will reiterate Dr. Isaac's favorite saying, if you want to know what the weather is, stick your head out the freaking window. Right now, I can't stick my head out the window because here in the, the spacious 91, 6, 96.1 The Game Studios, the windows are locked. They won't let me jump out the ninth floor window. But uh, it's sunny outside, mostly cloudy. Uh, well, we'll call, we'll call this we'll call this mostly cloudy more than partly sunny. It, it's, it, it feels a little more cloudy today. Um, there is, by the way, meteorological differentiation between those, which we won't get into at this time. But it's four, currently forty degrees outside, uh, ten mile an hour wind, not too bad. Uh, tonight going down to thirty one. Tomorrow will be more of the same, a little bit colder tomorrow, going up to only thirty six. Uh, going down to twenty six on Tuesday night, Wednesday. Wednesday's a day where kids are going to start worrying about snow days and possibly getting early release because we got a rain-snow mix, 100% chance. This is all from Wood Radio, by the way, and then Wood TV, the meteorology staff there. They do a great job. Uh, I got to go to their studio, by the way. Their, their, their weather setup, oh, my goodness, wow. Uh, they've come a long way since the mid-'90s when I was in college doing those sorts of things. But anyways, uh, Wednesday... Rain snow mix high of thirty two. That's a really bad point. Be careful if out there if you're driving on Wednesday. If you're if make sure you're giving yourself a little bit of extra time. If you're going to a basketball game or you know, going to a, I, don't, I think the gold player the the Griffins play on on Wednesday nights. But uh, if you're going out and about, just be be aware that there could be some weather delays for that. So that's thank you for indulging me with the weather. It's something that I have to do when I'm in here um, in an old in the old iteration of this station. They let me do that, and I was, I, I'm eternally grateful to the big one for letting me do that. So uh, when we come back after the break, we're going to have Scott Bischoff on from the Detroit Lions podcast. We are going to talk about the draft, the Lions, some of his thoughts on it. And, and by the way, for those of you who listen to the Detroit Lions podcast and watch us regularly, we normally stream live on Wednesday nights. You will know that Scott and I don't always agree on things, and we have fun in our disagreements. It's respectful, but it can be also a little bit animated. So maybe, maybe, we'll, maybe we'll spar on things. Well, I don't know. But uh, check that out after the break. Thanks. From Petoskey to Detroit, this show is huge. Huge here for my good friends on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Now, after you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use code HUGE when you sign up to get the promo hookups. That's H-U-G-E. When you sign up after downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook app, you can get in on all the action. College basketball, the NBA, NHL, pro golf, PGA Tour, NASCAR, and more. 
Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use that promo code HUGE when you sign up to get in on all of the action. That's code HUGE, H-U-G-E, when you sign up after downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook app. And every night there's college basketball, the NBA, the NHL. If you're a soccer fan, like I said, pro golf on the weekends, Thursday through Sunday. And now NASCAR is back. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code HUGE when you sign up. Stumber is a farm direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids. And also the Nitro Cold Brew Coffee is a convenient and healthy option for energy with no sugar additives. Look for it at your local retailer or at roastumber.com. Imagine this. Winning big at Soaring Eagle. Get a taste of sweet rewards up to $5,000 cash. Every Friday in February from 7 to 11 p.m., play for a chance to take home the chocolate bar with prizes from $1,000 premium play all the way up to $5,000 cash. Don't miss sweet rewards. Only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Your getaway. Reimagine. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. Join Van Andel Institute's Purple Community for the 11th Annual Grand Rapids Griffins Purple Game on Friday, March 10th at 7 p.m. at Van Andel Arena in downtown GR. 100% of the proceeds will benefit groundbreaking cancer research at Van Andel Institute in Grand Rapids. Don't miss out on the limited edition Griffins Purple Apparel and your chance to bid on purple jerseys after the game. Learn more at VAI.org. That's VAI.org. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Welcome back to The Huge Show. This is Jeff Riston sitting in for Huge today. Producer Brett Hayes deserves a lot of credit right there, bringing me back in with Tornado of Souls from Megadeth, one of my very favorite bands. It's also a favorite band of the man who's about to join us on these airwaves. Uh, we, we have not been to a Megadeth concert together, Scott Bischoff, but we have seen Metallica together, and that was that was quite a show. Um, boy, it, it, Scott, welcome in. Thanks for joining us. Anytime. It was Avenged Sevenfold and... Uh... Uh, Volby, Dutch band, Volby, uh, they were great. Yeah, that was fun. That was fun. We got to do that again sometime. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe we'll see Metallica with Dan Campbell. That'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, so this is Scott Bischoff. You know him. He's he's been at a lot of different places, including Lions Wire for a brief time. Uh, now he and I work together on the Detroit Lions podcast, and Scott has been putting out some awesome videos. Um, detailing different things that, that he's gone over um, related to the NFL draft and the Detroit Lions. And your latest one, Scott, this was fun. You broke down everybody's favorite uh, uh, either pariah or dream 
Anthony Richardson, or uh, as you call him, Antonio. <laughs> I, you know what it is. I, I can't even say it. I'm not. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so you did a video, and it, it's up on YouTube. Check out the Detroit Lions podcast, or just look up Scott on Twitter, Scott Bischoff, uh, and you will find it. Uh, but to, to give me a little bit of an overview on what you found when you broke down Florida quarterback Anthony Richardson and how he might work for the Detroit Lions or not work. Well, so, okay, the the video that I just put out has literally nothing to do with the Lions. It, nothing. All I was trying to um, get out there was there's a reason why – this guy was being talked about the way he was a month ago, and and now the narrative or whatever it is has completely flipped, and he is gaining serious steam, right? Um, I think uh, even like last Thursday, he was 100 to 1 pretty much everywhere to go first overall, and in some places it's down to 20 to 1 in a short four days. Like, what's happened? So it's just the entire video, the reason to put up the video is to explain what I think is happening and why I think people, there's a lot more eyes on on him um, now than there have ever been, and people are surprised with what they're seeing. Because the reality is, is you know, everybody has their own, their own preconceived notions or, or biases about what a player is going to look like, uh, especially a player who is widely talked about as raw as people talked about Anthony Richardson being raw. And I just, you know, it's one of those things where you watch him play and there's a lot of nuance and a lot of subtlety in what he does. And there's a lot of, I I don't want to call it advanced stuff, but he's not raw in a lot of ways. Like his ability to maneuver in and, you know, inside the pocket is pretty advanced. It is. Um, he deals with, pre- with with pressure really well. Uh, those are not concept. Those are not concepts of what a, you know a, a very raw quarterback is. To me, they're not. Yeah, and and um, I I agree with you. And I think more and more people uh, in the the online draft community, and even like the higher ups, you know, the, the Mel Kuypers and and Daniel Jeremiah's of the world, have been exposed to him more. And yes. quite frankly, the more we watch, the more you like. Like you know, That's exactly what's happening is, is everybody is watching him more and they're discounting some of the bad, like, like there are times when it's like, you know, you're playing a basketball game and, and you're wide open underneath the basket and you miss a layup and you're like, the hell is that? Or, you know, uh, how does that happen? And he misses throws like that every once in a while. Yes, he, he does. does. And that's, I think that's tied to, um, I don't want to. I don't want to call it static feet, but there are moments when his feet do get too close together, and his base. Uh, he gets tall in his base, sometimes even up on his tippy toes, and then he'll rely upon his arm strength just to rip throws, and that's when he misses. But when he's got when he's got everything right, he can make every throw that you, that you need him to make. So you so you look at a player. So you know, I, I see him as. This is a guy who's who's got some very you know he's got some mechanics mechanical stuff with his footwork to clean up. That's about it. Um, and then you look at some of the the all right he's really good at with pressure. He, he does not leave out the back door kind of like how most quarterbacks will just freak when they see pressure and go. Especially a quarterback like that, like. Dude, you could just you could feel pressure and run, and you'd be effective all the time. But his his 
his thing is more to step up and climb inside the pocket and then navigate right to left and continue to make throws down the field. And some of it is also Florida's, Florida asks a lot out of him as a, as a player. Like, we got to discount some of the completion percentage stuff with Florida because, you know, they're having him drive the ball down the field pretty far down the field a lot. Yeah. So, and, and two I, receivers, by the way, none of whom will be in the NFL. <laughs> Yeah, and, and there are throws that he makes that make that wow you. There are, like you said, there, there. You get the more exposure, the more I think there is to like about his game. And I think that's what's happening is that, is people are coming away a little surprised. Um, I don't mean that in a negative way, but just surprised that he has uh, sort of crashed the party in terms of this is what I thought I was going to see. I didn't see any of that. In fact, I saw the opposite. I saw a guy who's pretty advanced at dealing with pressure and, and is really good in the pocket, keeps his eyes up, and you know does all these things, makes good decisions, um, does a really good job of not taking sacks. I think he only took like 13 sacks with that offensive line this year. That's really good. If you watch that offensive line, it's not very good. So that's <laughs> it's, just it's wild, too, because they're going to have two guys. Well, Osiris Torrance is certainly going to get drafted. Richard Gurridge, yeah. their left tackle, is maybe draftable. He was done at the Senior Bowl. He had a good week down there. But yeah, there he was under instant pressure more than any quarterback I can recall scouting in a long time. Yes, and he handled it. And it's you know, part of it too is he had a really slow start. I want to say he was he threw four interceptions in the first three weeks, no touchdowns, and then he had the big blow up week against Tennessee and then he then he finished Fifteen, I want to say fifteen touchdowns in eight weeks and four interceptions in the, in the last eight weeks. So he did clean it up, and I think that's one of the other things is if you look at him from the beginning of the season to the end of the season, you see a lot of improvement, which you and I both know is huge for quarterbacks. Oh, hundred so percent. Looking at a a young quarterback who hasn't played a ton, who's in, who showed you a bunch of improvement within one season, and oh by the way, shows you a bunch of really good. Uh, ability to handle pressure and move inside the pocket. Not big moves, but, you know, just enough to keep himself upright and clean and then, you know, make, and he's got enough twitch in his game to then make throws that most other quarterbacks are not making. He's impressive. He is. I, I agree with but, you on that. <laughs> the video was not even for Lions fans. Right, but and, but you're, because you're, we're on a Lions outlet, you know, people are going to make that connection. Okay, Scott's advocating that you take Anthony Richardson at six. Would you do that at six? Um, I don't. I mean, I think that's a hard question to answer. I don't know that I'd do I it. Agree. But I agree. <laughs> I don't think it's realistic to think that he's even remotely in the he's on the board much longer than that. So, would I do it at six? Yes, I would, just because I think that the offense as constructed is capped. Um, I think he would give you a bunch of different things. I mean, again, remember, you know, uh, he would not play in year one. There's, right. There would be no reason to play him in year one. It'd be. I mean, nobody remembers this, but Patrick Mahomes played played in week seventeen in his first year with the Chiefs. They had a bye. They were good enough to have a bye in in uh, Mahomes' rookie season. That's how good they were, but they still went out and took a quarterback because they knew Alex Smith was just not that guy. And, you know, um, it just seems like it's working for him. And I, know, I realize it's one team, but still. Uh, it's a tough question. Would I take him at six? I don't know. Is Jalen Carter available? <laughs> uh, um, 
based, based on recent feedback, he might be, though. I think we're, we're at the time of year. Look, as I said in the open, I'm going to the Combine next week. We're going to learn a lot more about, like right now, everything is speculative. Next week is when we start get, to get real information where we're talking to actual you know NFL-employed people, team-employed people, and we get a better idea of how they really feel about prospects. But yeah. uh, I, uh, I, I'm I, with you, man. I think Richardson is not going to last much past six uh, if he even makes it to six. Uh, and it's something that the Lions certainly need to consider. Um, yeah, I mean, he may not make it to six. And the other thing is if he is on the board at six, you you may have a – you we might see the um, – the the very dreamed about trade down because we talk about that every year we absolutely do and it is something by the way the the chiefs traded up for patrick mahomes uh another somewhat similar situation the houston Texans once upon a time traded way up for deshaun watson um when when they were what they felt was a quarterback away uh and uh actually patrick mahomes sort of rained on that because that first year uh, it was there for Houston. They, they wound up losing to Kansas City in a blowout comeback loss. They were winning twenty eight nothing and lost. Yes, it happens. And it, when you look at the draft, <laughs> uh, Vegas. I think Vegas has a seventh pick. Atlanta has the eighth pick, and Carolina has a ninth pick. And guess what? They all need quarterbacks. Yeah. So, and guess yeah. what? Carolina has ammo. <laughs> they can they can do some things. Uh, that's Please and thank you. Yeah, that's certainly uh, something that will be considered. Um, I want to go to the the. the the previous series of videos that you did on cornerbacks, because I thought you did a fantastic job of breaking down several of the top cornerbacks. Cornerback, obviously a big need for the Detroit Lions uh, with with Jeff Okuda's status up in the air because of injuries. Uh, I think we'd all like to have a legit number one outside corner. Will Harris needs to be replaced in the slot. Um, even if he comes back, I'd still like to see him replaced, but that, that's just me. Um, you know, I, 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 Tell us how you feel. I, <laughs> That's what, that's what I'm here for, Scott. I agree with you. <laughs> I do. Uh, yeah, uh, and, and I, I do give Will Harris somewhat begrudging credit. He played pretty darn well at the end of the season. Um, he was part of the reason why the Lions had the best running, best pass defense against running backs in the NFL last season. Um, he, he was no small part of that, but uh, they got to do a lot better against wide receivers. And that's where your cornerbacks come in. So take yeah. me take me through quickly. Um, a couple. I'll just go off the, the 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 guy that everybody's talking about is Devon Witherspoon from Illinois. Your like skinny nutshell evaluation on him. So super physical uh, junkyard dog kind of player. Who I mean, it's very easy. This is the reason why I think he popped very quickly in the process is, is that you could watch one game of his and you know exactly how he's going to impact the NFL. You just know it. He's he's going to hit. He's gonna. He's he takes it very personal when he gets blocked. I almost look at him the way like, you know, when we were growing up, Jeff, you would watch a hockey game and somebody would hit somebody, and you know that dude was taking a number, and he was he was gonna find that guy later. Uh, Devin Witherspoon does that when he's blocked. Like he gets pissed about it. Yes, and it's and it's like that's a you know it's a really good uh, trait to have to be to play on the edge and and, and to. And to play, you know, prickly about something as minor as being blocked on a on a running play that was forty yards from you. Yeah, it's it's very <laughs> um, Richard Sherman. <laughs> yes, he's very prickly. It's very obvious the way the way he's he, you know he he plays. But then we're also looking at a, a guy I think is going to be five eleven and maybe one eighty. So yeah, 
you know, there's the rub. Yes, and I think six is rich, but I also think that there's some when you watch and there's and he's an off man uh, aligned against slot receivers where they have a two way go. He gets beat a lot in off man. Um, so I think one of the things. And again, this is very speculative. We're a long ways away, but I think that we're going to see a guy who's going to measure small and and test a little bit lighter than we like, and then maybe have a little bit have a little bit of stiffness um, in in his hips. So you know the the three the three cone shuttle and the 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 short the agility stuff. I think he will not test great there. So I think when it when it all kind of boils out in the wash. He's much more of a of an option at 18 than he is at 6. All right, let's talk about a guy that's not going to have any problems in Indianapolis with the testing. That would be Christian Gonzalez from Oregon. Uh, yes. He is sort of the antithesis of that. He, this is a guy who's going to measure about 6'2", about 200 pounds, and has world-class sprinter speed. But, yes. Scott, can he play cornerback? I don't know. Um, I, ref- I t- in the video, I called him um, the prospective best football, flag football player in the history of the world. <laughs> uh, he is not physical. There's really not a lot of physicality in his game. His ability to mirror and like pattern match and move is is ridiculous. It's rare. Uh, I think he's going to run in that four three range, like low four threes, and at that size, it's crazy. That's like, ridiculous. I, I, I think he will be sub four three five. I really do, but also the agility stuff. Like you, you can see him just—he is so loose. Um, th- everything he does is easy. He moves so smooth and fluid. It's just when he plays up close in in man coverage, he doesn't really use his hands and press. And then there are plays that he gives up. He'll, he'll give up completions where he's in great position. He's just not physical enough at all, and I worry. In regards to his competitiveness, um, like you did all those things and ran with this dude for 40 yards and just were happy watching that pass get completed, but you were right there. And it's just like, I don't know how you, like, I worry about the competitiveness there. Yeah, there, there that, that definitely shows on the film. And it was something that frustrated me. Also, the fact that he's, he's not, a, I wouldn't say he's a bad tackler, but I'm not going to say that he's an enthusiastic tackler either. He is not a. He, he does not love contact. He's like the anti-Witherspoon. The Witherspoon loves contact to the point where you almost got to pull him back because he's going to get hurt. Uh, <laughs> Especially his size. Is more, yes, and Gonzalez is just more passive the way he plays. Yeah. Uh, real quick, I want to ask you about one other guy who sort of splits the difference between the two. That's Joey Porter Jr. from Penn State. Your, yeah. uh, your quick hit on Porter. He is sort of right there between the two. I, I don't think he's going to run anything like the way Gonzalez runs, but his arms are so long. He's got 35-inch verified arms. Um, you know, having him press and then run trail technique, uh, like like off-man, like press bail coverage, I don't know how you could ever complete a pass over the top on him just because he seems to be in pretty good position all the time, but his arms are so long that you'd have to make incredibly precise throws. It's tough to do. Um I do, the only the negatives there are there. I think there are times when he will he'll get a little grabby. Um, <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> yeah, a little grabby on stuff that's that breaks in front of him, and um, I think that you know there are uh, there are some times when he, when he doesn't 
is not great technically in a false step at the at the line of scrimmage in press, but he's he recovers well. So I, I don't think they're Porter for me would probably be the guy I'd be thinking is cornerback one for a team that likes to play you know press man type type coverages just because of the mix of the physicality and the the ability to play in, in trail coverage that kind of stuff. So very good player, very very good player and with NFL bloodlines and that matters. Yeah, and the fact that his father was a linebacker shows in how he plays too, and that. Yeah. That's a very admirable grit trait for Detroit and Dan Campbell. Yes. All right. What? Give, give me. We, we got just a couple minutes here left, Scott. Tell me what your next video is going to be on and why we're going to love it. Well, tomorrow, I I hope I'm not letting the cat out of the bag, but I think there's one being released on Bijan Robinson tomorrow. I might have heard that. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be interesting. I'm sure people are going to hate it. Um, <laughs> I seem to be um, the YouTube. I, I'm I'm going to start seeking out therapy over the way the YouTube community treats me. Scott, don't <laughs> read the comments. Never read the comments. <laughs> oh man, it's uh... so we're doing uh, we're doing Bijan, and then there's one coming out on on, Wither, on Witherspoon about what to expect sort of at the combine, and I'm just going to kind of I think we're just going to hit these for a little while. Just grab a player. Um, I might do. I mean, I, I might do Bryce Bryce Young. Um, I may talk a little bit about Stroud, although that's going to be that would be. <laughs> you're, you're just you're just kicking the hornet's nest. Then <laughs> I might as well just have somebody kick me in the nuts because. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think that getting into some of these receivers would be interesting. Um, the Lions Lions do quietly need a receiver, not early, but they do need something, especially if, if Shark leaves in free agency. And I think you and I both think that's happening. Yeah, I do too. I think he's going to get a nice contract, and it'll be deserved. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I think that there's some tight ends in this in this class. Uh, Darnell Washington is a monster. Uh, love him as a player. Um, I, I love him being your left tackle in three years after he gains another ten pounds. That's fine. That's. <laughs> I mean, I like. I look at the Lions, and I think you know Matt Nelson was their swing tackle kind of extra tight end, and I think okay, if that's if that becomes Darnell Washington, you're really you are doing some things, and then with the way they run power, and you know wanting to go heavy with twelve personnel stuff, that guy oh, might be oh. that guy might open the doors for you. Oh, you're having you're giving, you're getting me excited here, Scott. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, Ladies no, and gentlemen, just, the the awesome Scott Bischoff. Please check out his videos at the Detroit Lions podcast on YouTube. He's putting these out all the time. Be gentle in the comments too, Scott. Scott, like like Scott's <laughs> Scott's a very mature adult. But he takes things a little personally. He, you know, people people leave you. Know, he's deserved after my my uh, shenanigans last year. I guess we'll say that. I mean these these things happen. People people do remember Scott. They do. I know. Apparently they do. <laughs> Scott Bishop, everyone. Yeah, thank Jeff, you. Thank, thank you so much for joining me uh, today on Anytime. the huge show. Anytime. Thank you. That was the wonderful Scott Bischoff, um, who I need to go to another concert with very soon. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the cornerbacks and the need for the Lions and where it goes. Um, We'll be right back. Thanks. Everything huge 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. 
Get more for your money this week at Meyer. Right now, when you buy six select items, you'll save $3, including Prego Pasta Sauce, Dan and Light and Fit or Oikos Greek Yogurt, and Meyer Food Storage Bags. Plus, Coca-Cola or Pepsi products are buy six, save $3, plus deposit where applicable. And pay the same low Meyer prices no matter how you shop, in-store or online. Get more for your money at Meyer. Exclusions apply. See all the deals in the Meyer app. Have you been to a Grand Rapids Gold basketball game yet inside Van Andel Arena? They're the Denver Nuggets G League team, and they feature talent from Kentucky, Baylor, Stanford, Duke, and more. Get your tickets now at Ticketmaster.com or the Van Andel Arena box office. And don't forget their home game specials. Tuesdays, two-for-one tickets. Thursdays, $2 beers and $2 dogs. And the Sunday Family 4-Pack. Get four tickets and a $20 concession voucher for only 50 bucks. Get your Grand Rapids Gold tickets now. Life as a grown-up. Not what you thought it would be, right? The meetings, the stress, the boredom, and that one big question. Does any of this matter? Then you became a cop. Not what you thought it would be, right? The pride, the honor, the love for the brothers and sisters who served with you. The family who reminds you how much you matter. Being a cop. Not what you thought, right? Just what you needed, I guess. Visit michiganpolicechiefs.org. Roast Umber is a farm direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids. And also the Nitro Cold Brew Coffee is a convenient and healthy option for energy with no sugar additives. Look for it at your local retailer or at roastumber.com. We played for the thrill. That rush you feel with the game on the line. I'm Herman Moore, Lions All-Pro Wide Receiver. Now, with Eagle Casino and Sports, the new sportsbook app from Soarin' Eagle, anywhere I'm at, I'm still in the game. Sign up now and get up to $1,000. That's right, up to $1,000 for a risk-free bet on your next favorite underdog parlay or prop. Eagle Casino and Sports. Made in Michigan, made for Michigan. Must be 21 or older in Michigan to play. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. That song just makes me smile. I just really love how happy this song makes me. You're listening to The Huge Show. I am not the huge one. Uh, He might be uh, doing the Aaron Rodgers ayahuasca treatment. We'll see. Uh, Bill won't be in this week. Uh, You got me, Jeff Risen, from the Detroit Lions podcast and Lions Wire sitting in today. I will be joined by Eric Zane for the rest of the week as we will uh, take care of you while Bill goes through the darkness. Hopefully he comes out the other side in a better place. We can all hope those things. Just had a lot of fun talking to Scott Bischoff, uh, my colleague with the, the Detroit Lions podcast, and one of the one of my favorite guys to talk NFL draft with. And we we talked about Anthony Richardson and and then some of the cornerbacks. And we're we're going to have a lot more to talk about that. But he brought up at the end Texas running back Bajan Robinson. That guy's really really good. But I also feel guilty that I don't want the Detroit Lions to take him. And that's going to be a frustrating thing. And, and he alluded to it at, when he was talking about it, how the comments are going to be. We don't need a running back. We don't need a top. Like, uh, the, he's really good, folks. It's going to be, that's going to be a tough one to bypass because you know that guy's going to be a really good NFL player. But are you getting your bang for the buck when you're taking a running back at 18 
versus taking one in the third round, um, and they're going to average basically the same amount of yards per season with the offensive line that's in front of them because in the NFL, the run game is a lot more offensive line dependent than it is in college football. I don't know, that, that's going to be a fun one to watch. Had a weekend of sports, uh, and we talked about it at the open of the show, the, the Michigan-Michigan State game Saturday night. Uh, I thought that was just a wonderful event. Uh, I switched over to that after watching the XFL. And the XFL had their debut this weekend, and it's back. And The Rock is running it. You can smell what The Rock is cooking. Uh, and they had some they had some good games. Uh, the, the two games that I watched some of, I watched the, the St. Louis Battlehawks make a brilliant comeback against the San Antonio Brahmas. And, the, you know, the way that they won, they have different rules in the game. One of the things that they do is instead of an onside kick, you're allowed to go for a fourth and 15 from your own 20. And if you make it, you get to keep the ball. And they did that. A.J. McCarron did that, which was even more surprising to me um, as somebody who's covered the AFC North in the past. Uh, fun game. It was good. I like some of the rule changes. I like the tweaks. Look, it's it's action that's somewhere between college football and the NFL. If you're hard up for football at this time of year, I'd, I'd suggest watching it. Um, th- there's names that you're going to know. Uh, Geronimo Allison is a former Lion that's out there. Remember Karan Reed? Remember Chop Reed? He's out there. He's playing again. Uh, there's lots to like with that. So ch- check him out uh, for the next couple weekends. When we come back from break, we're going we're gonna to be treated. Oh, yeah. More NFL talk. This time we're talking to Mark Schofield from SB Nation. We're talking about uh, quarterbacks, fun, Jared Goff, Lamar Jackson, and all that. Thanks. Big. That's huge. The following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. It's a Moneyline Monday presented by DraftKings on the huge show across Michigan. Make sure you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and always use promo code HUGE to get the hookups. That's code H-U-G-E when you sign up after downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook app and get in on the action. College basketball, the NHL, NBA, pro golf, NASCAR, and more. NBA action is waiting for you. Use code HUGE to get the promo hookup when you sign up after downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook app. It is a Moneyline Monday presented by DraftKings on the Michigan Sports Network. Are you ready for huge opinions on the Lions, Tigers, Wings, Pistons, Michigan, MSU, and every sports team in the state of Michigan? It's time for the huge show. From the east side to the west side to the UP, the huge show is on air statewide on the Michigan Sports Network. Voice your huge opinions now at 1-866-838-HUGE. That's 1-866-838-4843. Now, the huge one, Bill Simonson. Good afternoon, Michigan. Thanks for tuning into the huge show. This is not huge. Bill's on vacation this week. This is Jeff Risden sitting in for him. Uh, I am flying solo today for the rest of the week. Mr. Eric Zane will be sitting in here, and he and I will be doing the shows together, and it will be it'll be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to this. Producer, producer Brett, one of the greatest producers in the history of radio, just gave me a, a very wry smile. He's looking, he's looking forward to the dynamics between Zane and myself. 
uh, because uh, we're we're slightly different people. And uh, it's going to be very fun to see how that plays out. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Zane and I have, have some fun things planned for y'all. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we're uh, grateful to be sitting in. Thank you to Bill. Um, hopefully, uh, again, cannot confirm or deny that he is doing the, the Aaron Rodgers darkness treatment. Uh, if he is, I just hope that it, it works out for him um, in, in, in a better way than it does for Aaron Rodgers. We'll see. Um, Bill should be back next week, provided he comes out the other side. Okay. We're going to talk some more football because that's that's what I do. Uh, I am the co-host of the Detroit Lions podcast. I cover the Detroit Lions for Lions Wire USA Today. Uh, I've also been the managing editor for the Browns Wire and the Texans Wire, which leads me to having my fingers on a lot of different teams. And the man who's going to join us now is somebody else who's got his fingers over a lot of different teams across the NFL. My good friend Mark Schofield from SB Nation is about to join us. And Mark, I, I got to give it up for Mark. He is one of the the smartest, shrewdest people on the face of the earth, and he gave up being a lawyer to be a sports writer. So I, I, I'm still kind of curious as to how that balances. But Mark, thank you very much for joining us on the Huge Show. How are you doing today, buddy? I'm doing well, Jeff. I too am emerging from three days of darkness, my own little darkness retreat, and I can tell you. Um, life does look a little bit brighter when you come out of this, so I do wonder if Aaron Rodgers will feel the same way when he emerges from his darkness retreat. But, my friend, it is a pleasure to be with you. Excited to be here, buddy. How are you doing? Uh, it's great. And, and, by the way, we will be, uh, next week, we will be together in Indianapolis at the Combine. Uh, it's the big annual gathering. And producer Brett and I were just talking about uh, Brazilian steakhouses in the break, and you and I have a date with a bunch of other people down there next week for one, do we not? We do. Um, and I'm very curious to see, although he will not be joining us, our good friend John Ledyard won't be in Indianapolis this year, but John last year at Fogo Child, the Brazilian Steakhouse, he's the first person I have ever met who actually beat the Steakhouse, because everybody that's been there knows you have that little red and green card that sits in front of you. If you haven't flipped a green, you still want food. He left it up. He kept going until late into the night, and they stopped giving him food. And, Jeff, the best part is they brought out what I like to call the closer, the Mariano Rivera of the Brazilian Steakhouses, which is at the end, myself, uh, John Ledyard, and Owen Reese, uh, we still had our cards turned green. They brought out and dropped, like, a filet on each of our plates, trying to say, look, you know, you all got to go. You know, you can't go home, but you can't stay here. John ate all of ours. Oh, my goodness. Owen and I tapped out. John kept going, and they just stopped giving him food. So I don't know if we'll see a repeat performance like that from any of us, but we're going to do our best. We, we will certainly give it a try. And, and by the way, um, so we have a lot of fun with the same group of people most years in Indianapolis. One year we went to TGI Fridays when they had their unlimited apps, and Ledyard pretty much put that place out of business. Um, he ate at least 150 pot stickers. No exaggeration. I, 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 Jeff, I have to believe that at some dining establishments, at least on the East Coast, maybe in his hometown in Pennsylvania, there's a do not serve this man sign with John Ledger's face on it. Because you're right, he will eat places into bankruptcy. And it's impressive every time I see it. One year we were down at Mobile, and I know this is fantastic radio for everybody listening, but one year we were down at Mobile <laughs> at the Holiday Inn Breakfast Buffet. They basically had to shut it down because of him. They said, look, we're out of eggs. We can't go anymore. I mean, he's, it's impressive. And my favorite legend story is the first time I saw him, we was down at Mobile for the Super Bowl. We were at Saucy Q's, the barbecue joint. Oh, my goodness. Everybody goes to for Legendary. Lunch. And 
And, and Ledyard walked in, and I thought to myself, it was my first time down there. I'm like, this is great. The players that are in the senior bowl come here because John Ledyard looks like he could probably strap it up and, and you know test pretty well for a defensive end. He does. Um, so we're going to be in Indy. Before we go to the steakhouse, we're going to be looking at the guys that are playing. And, uh, Mark, you are a former quarterback in college. You, you were one of the, the foremost quarterback experts uh, we just had Scott Bischoff on talking about Anthony Richardson. So we, we've kind of covered him. Uh, and actually, I don't know how you feel about Anthony Richardson. So maybe we'll ask that in a minute. But your thoughts on which quarterback going into Indy anyways um, has the most to gain by being down there and also the most to lose? I mean, I think the easy answer, Jeff, is Bryce Young. And you could probably, if they were to do it this way, to set it up this way, make his sort of weigh-in measurement a pay-per-view event. Oh, 100%. And the reason, the reason for that is this. Watching him on film, like he checks a lot of boxes from what you want to see at the quarterback position, particularly in today's NFL. But the question for him is, he, is he, and this is the way I kind of phrase it, is he an outlier or is he the outlier? Because if he comes in at, say, 5'11", 200 or so, 205, even like 195, it's like, okay, you're an outlier, but you're in the sort of Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield spectrum of size where players that have measured that way can still go first in overall and they can still go in the first round. If he comes in at, say, 5'8", 170, again, that's a wild speculative guess there. But if that's what ends up happening or something close to that, he's not just an outlier. He's like the outlier at the quarterback position in recent history. That's going to be a big deal. And the reason that is, is I remind people this all the time. The people in the building, the men and the women making these decisions come draft time, they have jobs that they want to keep. And if you are, say, Chris Ballard, and we all know that the Colts have to fix the quarterback position. They've said as much that, hey, we know we got to fix it. Their owner even said, hey, that... <laughs> the owner basically good. let the cat out of the bag that they are taking quarterback yeah. with their first-round pick. Yeah, I mean, we, that's what they got to do. So you've got to get it right. If you give up the draft capital, it would take even to get from four to one to draft a guy that comes into the combine and measures my size, that's not a job in type of decision if it doesn't pan out because your draft is the outlier. Now, if he comes in like 5'11", 205, and he's you know consumed as much water as he can get his hands on in Indianapolis to make that weight, it's still, he's an outlier, but it's within the reasonable spectrum from what we've seen, and if it goes south, well then okay, it's not that big of a deal. And so, Bryce Young, I know it sounds crazy, the, guy, the kid won a Heisman. He does everything so well. I don't know people say, well, does it really make that big of a difference? When you're talking about this could cost you your job, you're much more willing to come up and draft a guy that's in the realm, in the ballpark, than you are a guy that we haven't seen somebody that size at the quarterback position go first overall in a long time. No, we no, we haven't. And so my my, I'll give you an over under on his dimensions. Uh, I, I talked to somebody who uh, is at the same training facility as him, and I was given the number five nine and a half, one hundred and eighty seven pounds. At that, with those figures, do you think he can go number one? That's small. I mean, that's really small. And. Again, it gets us into it's not he's not an outlier. He's like the outlier at the position. It's a very risky proposition. If you're going to give up, you know, future draft capital, future first round picks, perhaps 
you know, mortgage the future a little bit to do that. You have to be 100% sure that he's the guy that can last. Now, he plays the position extremely well. Yes, he does. They, they can run spread option. They can run spread formations and, you know, spread looks and, you know, do things to protect him. But the other thing is this. You're going to want to make sure you have a very good offensive line in front of them because the size will be an issue. If you're going to, you know, have them play in the NFL, if you're the Indianapolis coach and Shane Steichen, you're going to use them in run game stuff like you did with Jalen Hurts. But you want to make sure you have a line as good as Philadelphia's. And if you're mortgaging the future a little bit, are you going to be able to put your best five in front of them? And the Colts have some pieces on the offensive line, Colton Nelson, certainly, but that was a line that struggled last year. They struggled to protect Matt Ryan. And if you're going to drop, say, a 5'9", 185-pound quarterback behind that, and you've given up the opportunity to perhaps draft some offensive linemen and put them around him, that's a risky proposition to me. Yeah, that's a tough sell. Mark Schofield from SB Nation joining us here on The Huge Show. Uh, this is Jeff Rosen sitting in with him. Let's go to the next quarterback in the line. Well, he could be the next quarterback in the line, C.J. Stroud from Ohio State. Uh, give me your your high and low for for the Buckeye great. I really like C.J. Stroud, and I've liked him for a while. I mean, I think he does a lot of things at the position that you like, works through reads, progressions, all that fun stuff, understands coverage rotations. You know, when you cloud the pitcher pre-snap, he, he can roll with that pretty well. I think... We are in a sort of what have you done for me lately, recency bias kind of business. His last impression was a pretty darn good one, that game against Georgia, where I think a lot of people said he's a stationary pocket type. I've heard a lot of people before that Georgia game say he's basically Jared Goff. He doesn't move, doesn't create, not explosive. He did that. He created outside the pocket. He created on the move against a very good Georgia defense and a team that went on to win the national title. And he took that team to the brink and, you know, some clock management stuff at the end probably cost him a chance to win that game. I think he's a very aggressive quarterback. And I'm not done grading everybody, but as far as prelim grades go, again, just one man's opinion. I'm not an expert. I'm not, you know, don't sell yourself short, Mark. I'm just saying, though, the guy that I like the most from what I've seen, and I've just, I've watched all of these guys that are going to be in Indianapolis with us, the guy I like the most is Trout. I've been very impressed by him. I know, look, people will then say two losses against Michigan, two losses in big games. And that game against Michigan this year, there were some moments when he was pressured where it sort of fell apart for him. I get that. But I think with what we saw against Georgia in a defense that is – thematically one of the toughest that you're going to see all year at the college level, he comported himself extremely well. And in this recency bias, what have you done for me lately kind of business, that's a great way to leave the college game behind. I think he really helped himself in that game. I'm with you on that one. Mark Schofield from SB Nation joining us. Okay, I'm going to ask you to do the near impossible. Sell me on Will Levis as a top 10 pick. If you can. I mean, I can, and, and here it is. You know, it's interesting. I I hadn't gone back and watched him until the past couple of days as I'm really sort of getting all my, like, prelim work done for the combine. And you've heard a lot about how Will Levis, man, you can't draft this guy in the first round. You can't draft this guy top 15. There are some things to like about him. And I think the Josh Allen comparisons are interesting. Not that he could become Josh Allen or that he's the same type of player, but the flaws – 
and the flashes that you see from him over the past two years, and I think I, I, I'll come back to that point in a second, are similar to the flaws and the flashes that you saw from Allen. There are things about Levis that he needs to fix. There are times when he just says, look, this is the route that I'm going to throw on this play. It doesn't matter what's happening on the front side of the concept. We've got a three-by-one. I like my chances backside. And sure, I end up throwing a hitch route in tight man coverage, and it almost goes for a pick six. He needs to clean that up. There are flashes where he works through reads. I need to see that more consistently. I think that there are other guys in this class that have the ability to solve problems in a much wider variety of ways, Anthony Richardson, for example, than he does. But that there there are moments when you can see him work through a concept, get to the backside day with, with pressure in his face, trash in his feet, and ability to step into a throw, just flick it and put it where it needs to be. And so the thing with Will Levis is this. If you have a coaching staff that has developed quarterbacks before, if you have a coaching staff that has taken a sort of average quarterback and turned him into maybe a upper Tier quarterback. Oh, oh, we got we, we got that in Detroit, Mark. We got that in Detroit. Do you, do you see where I'm going with this, Jeff? <laughs> like, if you have an offensive coordinator that has shown he can take a mid-tier quarterback and turn him into somebody that shows you flashes, like say Ben Johnson, it could work. Now, I'm still iffy on the idea of Detroit drafting the QB because how long is Ben Johnson going to be there? Now, right. do you think he's going to be there for another two years? If you draft a you know, quarterback X in this draft class, you'd love for Ben Johnson to stick with him, but he's probably getting a head coaching game next year. I know he's come back. That's great. But then you're going to talk about a rookie in his third offense in three years. That's always a little shaky for me. Plus, with where Detroit is in this first round, you might have to trade up to get one of these guys. And is it worth it at that point? I don't know. So. Yeah. That's the sales pitch on Will Levis. If you've got the staff that has done it before, if you've got people in the building that have developed a quarterback before, it can work. I look at Carolina sitting there at nine. My good buddy James Dater, Panthers fan at SB Nation, every time I mocked Will Levis to the Panthers, he goes nuts. But that's a staff that's got some people that has done it before. Frank Reich has done it. Even Josh McDowell is part of the Donald sort of coach player on the sideline. With them. like They've got the nucleus of coaching talent around him that could probably make it work. But you've got to be sure. It's one of those, if you're the GM, you walk into the offensive staff meeting room before the draft, you say, seriously, can the men and women in this room make Will Levis into what he can be? Give me a hundred percent positivity on that. If you're sure, that's what you can. That's what you can turn in the card with his name on it. If you aren't sure, or if you're a GM and you you don't think the coaching staff around him can get him there, that's the tougher sell. And that's that's one of the reasons why those jobs change often, yep. <laughs> especially in Carolina. Yep. All right, so you talked about the Detroit Lions. We're starting with Jared Goff. He's the, he's a the quarterback in 2023. No question about it. He played and if he plays the way he did in 2022, he's going to be here a lot longer than that, and making a lot more money. That leads to the question, though, he's the only quarterback on the roster. Now, I, I'm going to advocate for several different free agency backups to come in. A guy like Cooper Rush, maybe Andy Dalton, um, guys like that. But if I'm looking and I don't want to draft a guy early, and I've got you know a third-round pick, fifth-round pick, sixth-round pick, what quarterbacks in that area would you be interested in if you are the Lions in taking as a guy that can maybe become your backup in time um, and possibly even someday take over for Jared Goff? Jake Hayner from Fresno State intrigues me. 
Um, I, I get very much the like Taylor Heineke vibe, competitive, physically tough. Has played through some some injuries. You know, he had an injury two years ago where his hip was basically just you know, obliterated, but he still found a way to win against UCLA. Um, he's really intrigued me throughout this process. You know, I don't want to say Stetson Bennett. I'm trying with every fiber. Please don't. Please don't. That's that's embedded. So I won't. I will just move on. Thank Um, you. (laughs) From BYU, Hendon Hooker from Tennessee. Those are two players that I've sort of watched throughout this process and come away. You know, Hall intrigues you from sort of an arm talent standpoint. There were some throws that he made this year. You know, some of his feel and footwork in the pocket, his game against Utah State, he had a a first and 10 play where he's got pressure basically off the left edge, but where other quarterbacks might panic, he doesn't. He sort of stays in there. I think he's somebody that because of how sort of his postseason process has gone, he might be available, say, early day three, if you want to go down that road. Hooker's got the injury. He's older. That offense, how well does it translate? because they do so much stuff with these widespread formations and stacks and switch concepts that work on Saturdays, but you're not sure if they'd work consistently on Sundays. But again, that gets us to the offensive coordinator that's in the building. And, you know, there might be an opportunity for Ben Johnson if he sticks around or even just this year to get something out of Hooker when he's healthy. And so those are some names sort of later in this draft that intrigue me. Excellent. Appreciate that, Mark. Uh, Mark Schofield from SB Nation here. Tell the good people here uh, across Michigan what you've got coming up uh, at SB Nation and what we're going to have fun doing in Indianapolis next week. Well, Jeff, it is going to be fun next week in Indianapolis. Um, as for what I've got going, um, I'm going to have probably the four. I'm going to think. I think I'm going to do the four most important places in the in Indianapolis next week for those top four quarterbacks that we sort of reference. For example, we know Bryce Young; it's the scale. But what about the other guys? What do they need to do? Um, I'm going to have a piece coming up probably early next week. Who is QB five? Because we've had this debate over the top four, but. Who's the top quarterback after that group? If we've also to call left around Stroud, Young, Levis, and Richardson as the top four. And then at Indy, look, get ready because you're going to see a lot of sports writers tweeted about, you know, shrimp cocktail and horseradish sauce and steakhouses because that's what happens. But I do believe, Jeff, this is a year where finally we all get to go into Lucas Oil and see the workouts. You know, we haven't been able to do that. That's true. In the COVID days. So. When we get these QBs throwing, I'll be there on Saturday night watching it and taking it all in and tweeting out some takes. So that will be fun, too. Appreciate that, Mark. Thanks so much for joining us today on The Huge Show. Thanks so much, my friend. Always a blast. See you next week, buddy. Absolutely. Uh, by the way, when, when we do go into Lucas Oil Field, we don't get in there very often. It's been four years since I've been in there. One thing to know, they don't have the heat on in there. It's cold in there. Those guys are running around in their literally their underwear, uh, and it, it is not more than about fifty five degrees in Lucas Oil Field. So keep that in mind. That's also one of the reasons why the guys in the stands are sleeping because that's cold. It's nap time. It's not nap time right now, though, ladies and gentlemen. We got more huge show coming up when we come back. We're going to have Anthony Broom with us break down what happened in Ann Arbor on Saturday night with Michigan basketball, Michigan State basketball. When we're back on the huge show. From Grand Rapids to Detroit, this show is huge.
Huge here for my good friends on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Now, after you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use code HUGE when you sign up to get the promo hookups. That's H-U-G-E. When you sign up after downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook app, you can get in on all the action. College basketball, the NBA, NHL, Pro Golf, PGA Tour, NASCAR, and more. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use that promo code HUGE when you sign up to get in on all of the action. That's code HUGE, H-U-G-E, when you sign up after downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook app. And every night there's college basketball, the NBA, the NHL. If you're a soccer fan, like I said, pro golf on the weekends, Thursday through Sunday. And now NASCAR is back. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code HUGE when you sign up. They say consistency is the key to success. They weren't wrong. So how about grabbing a beer that's consistently smooth, consistently refreshing, and consistently light? You might just find that the road to success can be pretty enjoyable. Michelob Ultra, the perfect balance of taste and refreshment in only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Michelob Ultra Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. Roast Umber is a farm-direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids. And also the Nitro Cold Brew Coffee is a convenient and healthy option for energy with no sugar additives. Look for it at your local retailer or at RoastUmber.com. Imagine this. Winning big at Soaring Eagle. Do it for the love of money. Saturdays in February, 7 to 11 p.m. Winners choose $3,000 in premium play, $1,500 cash, or 1,500 entries into the February 25th drawing for a Chevy Camaro ZL1. For the love of money, $130,000 giveaway. Only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Your getaway. Reimagine. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. Have you been to a Grand Rapids Gold basketball game yet inside Van Andel Arena? They're the Denver Nuggets G League team, and they feature talent from Kentucky, Baylor, Stanford, Duke, and more. Get your tickets now at Ticketmaster.com or the Van Andel Arena box office. And don't forget their home game specials. Tuesdays, two-for-one tickets. Thursdays, $2 beers and $2 dogs. And the Sunday Family 4-Pack. Get four tickets and a $20 concession voucher for only 50 bucks. Get your Grand Rapids Gold tickets now. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Oh, yeah. The sweet sound of Tool. That'll get you going for the afternoon drive going home, ladies and gentlemen. It is the huge show. I am not the huge one. I am Jeff Risden, sitting in for Bill this week. Uh, I am solo today. The rest of the week, Eric Zane will be in here pushing the buttons and taking care of things. And I wonder if we'll get some tool out of Eric Zane. We'll have to see about that. It'll be fun. Uh, had some great guests so far. We've got another one coming in now. And this one is somebody that I, I begged basically to come on with us today. Anthony Broom. From the Wolverine.com and the On3 Sports Network is going to talk with us here. Anthony, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. I uh, wanted to get your thoughts on 
what happened Saturday night? Um, just like a general overview of what it was like to be there and, and be covering uh, the, the basketball game between Michigan and Michigan State. Well, first off, I'll say um, there was no begging for me to be here. I'm not happy to join. Um, Thank you, sir. Always happy to, to mix it up with a fellow metalhead like yourself. So, um, yeah, I mean, the vibe, the vibe Saturday night was, I mean, it was one of the more uh, unique sporting events that I've been to because, you know, usually you get primed up for a Michigan-Michigan State game and it's, you know, it's the rivalry. It's, it's, it is it is what it is. It is what it ha- what it has been. But Saturday was was different, obviously, because we know the events of last week. It, it, everything suddenly became bigger than sports, and that that atmosphere was about you know for for the Michigan State community and really just for the state of Michigan as a whole coming together to kind of move forward in terms of just getting a shred of normalcy back. Uh, I thought that. Um, I thought that Michigan as an institution did a tremendous job in, in kind of wrapping its arms around uh, its rival up the road. I thought the, um, all, all of the tributes on Saturday, the moment of silence, playing MSU's alma mater, uh, all of those type of things I thought were, uh, were classy and well done and, and, and top notch. And you know what? And as a result, I mean, we didn't know I mean, anyone who said, who, who thought they had a shred of an idea how that basketball game might play out, uh, would, was lying to you because there's the human element that's involved in it. But, you know, after all that, too, the two teams gave us a pretty darn good basketball game, too. So that was... Uh, yeah, they did. All things considered, <laughs> it was it was a great night uh, for, for this rivalry um, and then hopefully a turning point in terms of civility and those types of things as well. Amen to that, brother. That was... Uh... That was something to behold from from afar, um, and you know I, I don't have connections to either school, and just watching it from the outside was it, it was a powerful moment. It really was, and it came across the broadcast on TV too. I thought that uh, Gus Johnson and Jim Jackson did a good job of conveying that repeatedly throughout the broadcast as well. Uh, and let, let's talk about the game itself. Michigan, th- th- that game was back and forth. Nobody had control until the very end when Michigan sort of just pulled away. Um, your thoughts on on how they ended that game and, and like what was the big turning point for you? Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing for me is that you know that type of game. You know, Mich- t- uh, ten of Michigan's twelve losses this year have been by six points or less, and it feels like they've been in those tight one possession games probably six, seven, eight times this year. So and come up empty in those situations. So you, you get to the stretch run and you go, all right, well. There, we'll see what happens. I'll believe it when I see it. And and what I saw was a team that um, finally, finally. I mean, we're we're talking. It's it's almost late February here, but it it was a growing up game for them. I mean, the freshmen stayed poised and made plays. Uh, Kobe Bufkin, the Grand Rapids guy, made the biggest shot of his career. Hunter Dickinson, you know, didn't have the biggest night on the stat sheet, but made big plays late when it mattered. Well, that, um, that reverse pivot layup that he got, I thought was a huge point in the game. Uh, they really needed that, and he delivered after not having a good game to that point. Yeah, you know, the thing of it, too, is that they – and this has been a problem for them. Uh, they had such a hard time just getting a lead and and putting pressure on Michigan State. And finally, the floodgates just kind of kind of busted open for them. And, and for one night, again – Things are game to game with them right now. I mean, it's, it's, we're sitting here, it's, it's February 20th and Michigan's not on the NCAA tournament bubble right now. And it's not completely out of the question. They have to play themselves there, but you got to take it one, one game at a time. And they are young and, and to see them finally, 
you know, you asked what, what led to that. It was a, I wrote it that it was a coming of age game for guys like Terrace Reed and, and Kobe Bufkin and Doug McDaniel and just the team in general. Um, I don't know if it's sustainable, but for one night, it looked pretty darn good. And you saw what it can be. And, and I think there's a chance that they can kind of keep this team together going into next year. And I don't know what the rest of this season holds, but um, at some point you have to apply the lessons, the tough lessons that you've learned throughout a season. And, you know, on Saturday night, they were able to do that. And, you know, as a result, you know, you keep your, you keep your, there's, there's still a shred of, of a path to NCAA tournament bubble talk, but you at least keep yourself alive. You're not mathematically out of it. And that's, that's the biggest thing It's just kind of an ex exhaling that you finally found a way to close out a basketball game. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm going to, I'm going to take from your tone there that you don't think that there's any chance outside of um, a wild win in the actual big 10 tournament, winning the tournament itself, they're going to get, they get in, even if they win their final three regular season games and maybe one or two games in the tournament, you don't think that's a, a chance. Yeah. For me, I think the magic number is probably 19 wins for them. I think in this big 10, I, I think that that's kind of where what you're looking at. And for that to happen, uh, there's 15 and 12 right now. You've got three regular or four regular season games left, three of them on the road at Rutgers, at Illinois, at Indiana, all tough places to play. So uh, you've got to get four wins somewhere. So it's a combination of whatever you don't get out of these last four games, you got to probably go get in Chicago to, to be in the conversation. So for me, I mean, every time they've been in this situation where they show signs of life and you say oh well you know you grab this game you steal a game here maybe there's the path they come back and it's just kind of <laughs> reverting back to you know being you know the old adage is you are what your record says you are i think that's a very apt way to put what i've seen from this team this year you know they didn't they didn't have any wins of note coming out of non-conference play they lost to my alma mater in central michigan and that's Fire you know, chips. As bad a loss as bad a loss as any team on the bubble might have so it's it's an uphill battle. Um, I mean, like I said, it's not completely out of the question yet. We've seen teams get hot late, but for them, if they find a way to do it, they will have earned their way there. And that's that's just kind of the – I guess that would be the silver lining of discussing the path is that, well, if they find a way to get there, it's because they found a way to get it done. Um, but right now, I think the, the proof is kind of in the pudding, and they have to – they have to figure out a way to uh, to bring some consistency, which we'll see what's going on with Jet Howard and his ankle. But it might be tough to sustain that without a guy who's you know a potential lottery pick. So yeah, I, I don't I don't know what what comes next for them. It's, <laughs> it's fascinating to, to see what will happen. That's why we watch the games, Anthony. That's Anthony Broom from uh, uh, Wolverine dot com on the On Three Network joining us talking some Michigan basketball. Um, you brought up so, so I'm a Mac guy myself. I went to Ohio. Do you get any chance to watch any of the MAC at all anymore? Now I, I know you're engrossed with Michigan, and you know, like I get engrossed with the NFL, so I don't get a chance to watch the MAC basketball as much as I like to. Have you had any chance to, to peek down at the MAC at all this year? No, you know, I haven't watched a ton of MAC basketball, which is crazy because uh, when I was at when I was at CMU, I mean, I was I was in the student section, and, and CMU was actually pretty good for the few years that I was there. So you kind of kept an eye on the other games and the conference tournament. So I mean, unless like I watched Michigan play Eastern Michigan at, at Little Caesars Arena this year. I obviously saw Central at, at Chrysler Center, so that's that's kind of been the extent of the <laughs> action I've seen, which bums me out. I mean, I'm not I'm not exactly turning my back on my roots here, but it's 
uh, it, it is difficult when, um, you know, a job like this, you kind of have to eat, sleep, and breathe um, the beat that you're on. So I wish I had time for more, but um, I feel like I'm already kind of drinking out of the fire hose, so to speak. <laughs> I know ex- I know exactly how you feel. Uh, I have not been to a, a Mac game this year, and I think it's the first year um, non-COVID related that I haven't been uh, in a very long time. And it's, it's kind of disappointing, isn't it? You, you like to, you know, sometimes it's nice to have the escape from your normal beat and just to be able to look out the window and, you know, not not be on, quote unquote, all the time. And uh, I hope you get a chance to do that with something else other than basketball. Uh, but yeah, that's that's how that's how our jobs go, isn't it? <laughs> that's that is the uh, that is part of it. Uh, there's always, you know, there's other things to, you know, sometimes and I think you could probably relate to this, too. We we do so much sports that like when you when you close your laptop at the end of the day, you're kind of getting opportunities to do anything else. Especially if you know you you have a family and things like that. So it's uh, it's a fine line for sure. It is absolutely. Uh, I want to ask you more a general Big Ten question. Northwestern, they haven't been this good in since like my grandpa was a baby. Like, is are they legit? Yeah, the team's been pretty good. Um, and, and the funny thing is, you know, we talk about Michigan's resume. One of one of their only quote-unquote signature wins right now is a road win that they had at Northwestern, which was, I believe, the last time that Northwestern lost. But uh, that's correct. It was a game where uh, it was a game where Northwestern had played. It was their fifth game in eleven days. So, uh, yeah, that team's pretty good. And you know, it, it seems like it's happened a couple times in the last few years where. Um, you know, people kind of lose their patience with Chris Collins, even at a school like Northwestern, that's not a, you know, a, a traditional basketball power, but um, I think he's, he's doing a, He's doing a heck of a job there. And, and that team right now is playing as good as any team in the conference. Um, like I said, I'm not going to sit here and suggest that the Wildcats have a chance to break the conference's streak of not winning a national championship, but <laughs> right now they're just playing good basketball and, and they're a lot of fun to watch. So, yeah, I mean, this is, uh, you know, just looking through, I mean, I, I did something earlier today on seeding for the Big Ten tournament. Um, it's night to night right now. I mean, it's kind of Purdue, and then everyone else's seed is up for grabs. You have a school like Michigan that, you know, if you, like we like we said, if you find a way to get on a roll down the stretch here, you could still be one of those Friday teams that gets the double bye, one of the top four seeds. Or, let's say you go one and three, and, and, and kind of, you know, a bit of a tailspin, don't get one and um don't get one you're maybe supposed to get against Wisconsin. You could be a Wednesday team now. So it's like that's that's the case for a lot of teams in this conference at the moment. It, so Michigan actually uh, has a path to get to that double bye. Yeah, they do. I mean, there are six. Wow. Uh, Michigan's sitting at nine and seven in conference play. I believe there are six teams within a half game of having one of those double buys. And then maybe eight or nine teams within a game and a half of that. And now we're running out of time here. Most teams have four games left here, but um, there's a lot to still sort out. I mean, that's, it's been one of the more wild. uh, I can't even say wild, but frenetic. It's been a frenetic season for big 10 basketball. Uh, Not as top heavy as it. I mean, it's, it's Purdue and everyone else. Usually there's a couple teams at the top, but everyone from that two to, you know, 11, 12 spot, they can, they can beat you on a given night. Yeah, we, we saw that with Maryland beating Purdue this past week. It's definitely going to be a fun finish to the, the college basketball season in the Big Ten. Anthony Broom from, from the Wolverine.com on the On3 Network. Hey, I got it right. Thank you. Thank, thank you for joining me, Anthony. I appreciate you coming in on a short notice today, buddy. Oh, of course. Anytime. Thanks for having me. Yeah.
Great. Uh, it's going to be a fun finish, man. Like I, I, I watch a lot of college basketball as sort of a, a release just because I get tired of football. Like I watch football for a living. I want to do something else. There's basketball on in my house. I got kids to play. That's what we do. Uh, I actually watched Furman and East Tennessee play last night. That's how hard up and desperate I was because I was not watching the NBA All-Star game. Uh, and I don't really, I think they ran a race in Florida yesterday. I'm not sure. They might have, might have done that. Daytona? Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that's a big race. I'd, that, that, sorry. Sorry, guys. That's forced off my radar. Just, just the way it is. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about what's going on in the world of the Detroit Lions. Uh, as I get ready to go to the combine next week, uh, special shout out quick. I know my daughter is about to play a middle school basketball game in Hamilton. Go, go city side chicks. Uh, all the other people driving down there. Good luck, Lizzie, today. We'll see you after break. Everything huge 24 7 at thehugeshow.net. Jack City, live on stage. Am I my brother's keeper? Yes, I am. They were at the top of their game, but when loyalty and trust takes a hit. DMV, man, we all we got. So to survive the city. Your $5 ass down before I make change. Starring Big Daddy K. Stretch from Naughty by Nature. Flex Alexander. The original G Money. Alan Payne. And Gary Dordan. February 23rd at the Vox Performance Hall. Ticket to Ticketmaster. Huge here for the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can stay up to date on the latest from Lansing 24-7 at MHSAA.com. At MHSAA on Twitter and MHSAA on Facebook. The latest news, press releases, and stories connected to every high school in the state of Michigan. Available for you 24-7 from the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Log on to MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, and MHSAA on Facebook. And if you're looking for archive, boys and girls, high school sports, MHSAA.tv. That's MHSAA.tv. 24-7, everything you need to know about high school sports in Michigan. Log on to MHSAA.com. Hey, Michigan, let's go big. I'm Herman Moore, Lions All-Pro wide receiver, and I'm talking real big-time winning on the hottest slots and table games on one incredible app, Eagle Casino and Sports. Sign up now and get up to $1,500. That's right. We'll match your first two deposits for up to $1,500 plus 100 free spins. Eagle Casino and Sports. Made in Michigan. Made for Michigan. Must be 21 or older in Michigan to play. Huge here for all the Mr. Car Wash locations across Michigan. You're going to want to look into that unlimited monthly pass that I use. Superfly Hayes, my producer, uses it. I can get my SUV washed as often as I like for one low price. You can sign up today. Just go to MrCarWash.com or stop by your local Mr. Car Wash location here in Michigan for the one close to you. And to get that unlimited pass, go to MrCarWash.com. 
Get more for your money this week at Meyer. Right now, when you buy six select items, you'll save $3, including Prego Pasta Sauce, Dan and Lighten Fit or Oikos Greek Yogurt, and Meyer Food Storage Bags. Plus, Coca-Cola or Pepsi products are buy six, save $3, plus deposit where applicable, and pay the same low Meyer prices no matter how you shop, in-store or online. Get more for your money at Meyer. Exclusions apply. See all the deals in the Meyer app. Roast Umber is a farm direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids. And also the Nitro Cold Brew Coffee is a convenient and healthy option for energy with no sugar additives. Look for it at your local retailer or at RoastUmber.com. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Welcome back to the huge show across Michigan. Jeff Risden sitting in with with everyone today. While Bill's on vacation this week, you get me today. Rest of the week, you get me and Eric Zane. It's going to be a fun week in here with Bill on vacation. Uh, Again, no truth of the rumor. Or maybe there is truth of the rumor. We don't know whether he's taking the uh, ayahuasca darkness retreat that uh, Aaron Rodgers went on. If if you are, Bill, uh, you're probably not hearing this then. Uh, hopefully you come out the other side uh, a little a little happier more more often. That'd be great. So I got to talk. Uh, I, I made this comment. Uh, I have children that play basketball. Um, my my son is a junior at Zealand East. My daughter is an eighth grader. And I wanted to talk about something that I've observed in the past couple of seasons in watching youth sports. And that's the officiating. And I'm going to go in a different direction than most of you think. I'm going to say, I dare say, the officiating has gotten better at the youth level. And it's something huge has Mark, Mark Ewell in from the MHSA all the time. And we're talking about the need for officiating and it's still a dire need for officials. Please, if you're at all interested, check it out, go to the MHSA website and figure out how to do it. There are different uh, officiating uh, websites and associations around the state as well for football, basketball, volleyball, soccer, tennis, whatever you want to officiate. But I will say that the there it's it's been better. It really has. Um, it's not universally better. There have been some clunkers. Uh, those of you who are at the a certain Zealand East game know which one I'm talking about. But uh, I'll, I'll give it a, a Friday night Zealand East at Mona Shores. That crew and I wish I could remember their names. And I was going to write them down and I didn't. Unfortunately, they did a really good job. Like they did. They miss judgment calls. Absolutely, that's going to happen. That, that's that's part of it. But they did a great job of maintaining the flow of the game. They were consistent. They were not like being it, it was it was well it was a well officiated game. And I've seen a few of those this year. And I've even seen it at the middle school level. My daughter plays for Cityside Middle School in Zealand, played at Muskegon last Wednesday. Officials up there did a fantastic job controlling a very physical game. I thought they did a great job. So I, I you're not gonna hear that from a lot of people, but I will say the officiating is getting better overall. Again, there are exceptions, and those exceptions, they stand out a little bit more these days because uh, it's very frustrating when it happens. But I'll tell you, um, and again, if you're interested, please, please, please do it. It's good money. It's real good money if you do like weekend tournaments and, and things like that. 
it's there for you. So, uh, again, please check it out at the MHSAA website. Uh, and good job by the officials out there. Thank you for doing that. When we come back, we're going to talk a lot more Lions. Big. Bad. Huge. The following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. It's a Moneyline Monday presented by DraftKings on the huge show across Michigan. Make sure you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and always use promo code HUGE to get the hookups. That's code H-U-G-E when you sign up after downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook app and get in on the action. College basketball, the NHL, NBA, pro golf, NASCAR, and more. NBA action is waiting for you. Use code HUGE to get the promo hookup when you sign up after downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook app. It is a Moneyline Monday presented by DraftKings on the Michigan Sports Network. Are you ready for huge opinions on the Lions, Tigers, Wings, Pistons, Michigan, MSU, and every sports team in the state of Michigan? It's time for the Huge Show. From the east side to the west side to the UP, the Huge Show is on air statewide on the Michigan Sports Network. Voice your huge opinions now at 1-866-838-HUGE. That's 1-866-838-4843. Now, the huge one, Bill Simonson. Hello, Michigan. Thanks for tuning into the huge show. This is not huge. This is Jeff Risden sitting in for Bill today and for the rest of the week. Uh, I am solo today. I will be joined the rest of the week by one Eric Zane. And we're going to have a lot of fun this week with Bill um, taking a little retreat. Um, we're, we're, we're not sure exactly where he's at, but uh, hopefully he's having fun. Hopefully he's enjoying some well-deserved time off uh, as I said, I'm Jeff Risen from Lions Wire, Detroit Lions Podcast, Real GM, uh, various other places that have uh, paid me to write about or talk about football. And we're going to talk some football now. You know, we've we've had some we've had some fun guests on. Uh, Scott Bischoff from the Detroit Lions Podcast joined us early on talking about quarterbacks, uh, Anthony Richardson specifically, but also some cornerbacks uh, positions of need that are out there for the Detroit Lions. Uh, I had Mark Schofield from SB Nation talk about what we're going through at the Combine next week, some of the quarterbacks that he's looking at as well, uh, and some of the storylines are going to come out of that. Uh, had a great talk with Anthony Broom from the Wolverine.com and the On3 Sports Network, uh, talking about Michigan and Michigan State the other night and what happened in Saturday in, in Ann Arbor. And again, uh, I was not there, but just watching it and witnessing it and the the, the communal feel, the brotherhood feel, the healing it was a very needed event, and I'm glad that both Michigan and Michigan State pulled it off very well. Uh, again, I want to give a lot of credit to the the Michigan Athletic Department for taking care of their brothers. Uh, and it wasn't a little brother situation. This was a brotherhood situation, and that's exactly what the, what the circumstances that we've gone through in this state, uh, the unfortunate tragedy that happened last week in East Lansing, that's what it called for. Uh, and I thought they did a very good job of doing that. Uh, I also thought, again, I, I watched the broadcast feed like the rest of you did with, with Gus Johnson and, and Jim Jackson on it. I am not Gus Johnson's biggest fan, uh, to say the least. I thought he did a phenomenal job 
of handling the situation with the decorum and the respect that it deserved. Uh, and that's not something that I will say about Gus Johnson very often. Uh, so, so good job for him and, and for Fox for making that a spotlight game. Uh, it, it was something that I think we as a state needed to help come together and deal with the pain and the, you know, the, the tragedy that, that you know, befell us, unfortunately. And uh, hopefully we don't have to do it again anytime soon. As I said, uh, I'm going to Indianapolis next week for the, the scouting combine. And I will be with uh, people like, like Mark Schofield, uh, like the guests we're going to have on in the next segment, Mike Kay from the Charlotte Observer. Uh, who's going to join us and talk about uh, what's going on with uh, some of the ex-Lions coaches that are now in Charlotte and why they might be there and also what the Panthers might be looking at in the draft when they pick. Uh, But one of the big things that we do when we go down there, this is sort of like the last week of darkness for those of us who cover the teams. We haven't had access to Brad Holmes or Dan Campbell or Ray Agnew or John Dorsey or Chris Spielman or any of the, the leadership management team for the Detroit Lions. And that's true with all the other teams. You know, the, the reporters for all the 31 other teams, we're, we're all sort of just like winging it right now, waiting until we get to Indy when we talk. And one of the first things that happens when we get to Indianapolis, when we get to the Combine, is next Tuesday and Wednesday, all of the coaches and all of the general managers are required to talk to the media. This will be the first time that we have heard from Dan Campbell or Brad Holmes since the season-ending press conference that happened right after uh, the Lions whipped up on the Packers and ended the season triumphantly with a 9-8 record and got us all very happy. It's a happy happy time. It's nice to talk happy things about the Lions, and it's going to be a different tone this year in Indianapolis With when, when we're talking to Dan. Well, Dan's always fun. But Brad Holmes, he's not always like the most forthcoming with what he talks about. He's fairly, um, I don't want to say reserved because that's not fair because he's not hiding anything. He's just really good at like talking around a question without actually answering it. Uh, And that's that's a skill that that's a requisite skill for him to have. But but some of the things that we're going to be looking at in talking to him, um, we're going to find out more of free agency versus the draft. What position groups get addressed where? And these are the things that we're all just speculating about right now. Uh, I've written a ton at Lions Wire, as my colleagues have at various other places across the, the newspapers and internets around, around the state of Michigan. We don't really know yet. We have a pretty good idea of where they've identified their needs. Uh, and we, we've, uh, we did get some brief interactions at the Senior Bowl. Uh, I went down to Mobile uh, for a week. Dan and Brad, neither of them were there. Uh, there were several Lions coaches and their entire scouting staff was there. I shouldn't say entire, but most of their scouting staff was there. Uh, and in the interactions that I had with with folks there, we got a pretty good idea of where they're looking to get better on the roster. And I think most fans, most Lions fans know these already. They know they have to get better at outside cornerback. Uh, Jeff Okuda is going to come back. He's going to get a chance to prove himself. Jerry Jacobs is the same I think one of those guys will wind up being a starter next year in Detroit, and the other starter isn't on the team right now. It could be a free agent. It could be a guy like James Bradbury, Jamel Dean coming out of Tampa Bay, a, a higher-end free agent. Or it could be Devon Witherspoon, Christian Gonzalez, uh, Joey Porter Jr., guys that we talked about with Scott Bischoff earlier in the show. Uh, even even some some guys a little bit later than that, guy like Garrett Williams out of Syracuse, who would probably be a first-round pick if he didn't get hurt last year. Um, and uh, that's actually leads me to one of the other questions that we're going to ask Brad Holmes. 
He's had some proclivity for drafting guys that are coming off of injuries. Saw it last year. Jamison Williams coming off of a torn, torn ACL. Uh, Josh Passel, the second-round pick, was coming off of a, a groin injury that required sports hernia surgery. Uh, neither of those guys were available at the beginning of the season. Fifth-round pick, tight end James Mitchell, another guy. Season-ending knee injury at Virginia Tech. Wasn't available to, for training camp at all this offseason. Uh, th- it means you're going to see a lot, hopefully, a lot more out of those guys as they go forward. Now that they're healthy, and they are all healthy approaching the offseason. But one of the questions I want to ask Brad Holmes is, have you shied away from drafting guys that are coming in with injuries and might not be available right away? And like the, the, the big question is Levi Anzarike. He is the negative side of that coin for the Lions. Second round pick in 2021. Had back injuries at Washington. Did not participate in the combine because he tweaked the back while he was training for it. Has had back injuries galore since then literally the first rep of training camp in full pads last year he went down we have not seen him since uh he left the field under the assistance of trainers Uh, he had back surgery we're not entirely clear on what sort of back surgery he had uh i have heard things uh that that it was a spinal procedure that you do not recover from for football but i, I can't substantiate that uh, and then until i can i can't say for sure that we won't see levi again but uh i i would suspect that that's one that's going to get held against brad a little bit and we I, i'm i'm curious if he has changed his filters a little bit for a guy that's going to be coming off of an injury and there are a couple of them in this draft one of them is a quarterback hendon hooker who was down in indiana or down in mobile uh, will be in Indianapolis as well. And even though he tore his he tore his ACL in his left knee in December, probably won't be available until at least midseason next year. But uh, very impressive guy coming off of a phenomenal season was going to be a Heisman. He, he had a he had a legit shot at the Heisman this year, honestly, before he got hurt. Um, and he missed, I believe, it was their last two games of their bowl game, uh, and that just sort of scuttled any any chance for it. But uh, is he going to be more risk averse or? On the flip side, with the way that Jamison Williams played at the end of the season, with the way Pascal and and uh, James Mitchell stepped up at the end of the season, both those guys finished the year on high notes. Is he going to be more empowered to take more risks, uh, especially when they've got extra draft picks? You know, they've got two first round picks, they've got two second round picks this year. Will they take more of a risk and, and not be averse to taking a guy who's coming off of an injury like Hooker? Or uh, uh, there's a couple of running backs this year. Garrett Williams, I, I brought up uh, the, the cornerback from Syracuse, is another one who fits really well with what the Lions do, but he's coming off of an injury and may not be ready to roll right away. Uh, so th- th- those are the sorts of things that we're going to ask. Uh, we do generally get to talk to guys like Ben Johnson, uh, the offensive coordinator. He gave us a wonderful impromptu. He pulled the Detroit media aside uh, after uh, one of the, the media sessions that was going on. Just gathered us around, gave us a quick 10, 15 minutes about, you know, you know, he, he had just gotten hired officially as the offensive coordinator. And aren't we glad that he's there? He's there for that because, man, he put on a heck of a show. But he talked to us then. Uh, we'll get a chance to, to talk with Aaron Glenn. Um, a lot of that will be about the, their coaching journey, you know, why, what it was like being considered a leading candidate for, for both of those guys because both those guys got interviews for head coaching jobs elsewhere. Uh, so we'll find out maybe a little bit about like how serious it was, how serious they're still going to be looking down the road for those sorts of coaching jobs. These are the things. So 
combine, it's weird because everybody, when they, when they talk to me and ask me, oh, you're going to be done and watch the guys run around in their underwear. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of part of it, but that's like the least important part of the combine, especially for those of us in the media, because we don't need to see that. Like we can see the numbers when they're done and that's good. The, the things that we get in, in the media and, and the players and agents that are down there, and there are a ton of agents, every agent whose name you would ever hear of having a player in the NFL is in Indianapolis next week. Uh, and they are always looking to talk. Um, and it is the time when we find out where teams are on guys. We're going to learn a lot more next week about how the Lions feel about the cornerback class, about the linebackers, what specific types of players they're looking for. Do they want a slot safety or do they want a slot corner if they're replacing Will Harris? Will they be replacing Will Harris? Will they be replacing Amani Warrior? Yes, yes, they will. Th- those are the type of things that we're going to be learning down there, and that, that's that's the fun part. Um, obviously, as I talked about with Mark Schofield from SB Nation when he was on, we eat a lot. We might drink a lot. Uh, I, I will share one quick story. One of the, so this was, it was six or seven years ago, and I'm down there um, with a group of people that I hang out with often. And there's a person who's never been to the combine before, and he's wide eyed. He's a young guy. He was 21 at the time, had just turned 21. Then they had to, they made, he got carded. And so we're at, at a bar at the JW Marriott. It's called High Velocity. It's where the, the movers and shakers in the NFL, or the wannabe movers and shakers in our case, were. And it's about 1 a.m., and we're sitting there, and none other than Bill Belichick strolls in. Looking pretty happy. Um, it, it, it was very, very cold, by the way. So maybe maybe his face was red because of the cold and the wind. I don't know. Slapped his hand down on her table and said, how you doing, guys? I'm like, wow, Bill Belichick just said hi to us. And for, for my friend who was there for the first time, I'm not sure he's ever recovered from that, quite honestly. It was, it was a mind-blowing experience for him. But that, 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 that's the sort of interactions that we get. Uh, I, I will say I had my most pleasant interaction ever with Matt Patricia down there. Uh, I so I live in West Michigan. I listen I listen to the huge show on WHTC Holland's hometown station. It's not easy for me to get over to Allen Park a lot during the season, but I do get over there occasionally. Uh, but Matt Patricia had never formally met me. Um, he knew that I sat in in the the, the media throng from time to time, and he, he knew my face, but he didn't know my name. I didn't think he knew my name. I should say. And I'm waiting for a cab um, to go home from High Velocity. This is a different night. We're, we're there a lot. Uh, and who stands next to me waiting for a cab? Matt Patricia. Taps me on the shoulder, says, hey, Jeff, how you doing? I'm like, how do you know? My, I'm thinking, how do you like Matt Patricia knows my name? This is kind of cool. Like, I'm, 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 I'm a relative nobody here. And like, one of talking to him, not about anything Lions related, but just talking with Matt Patricia for a few minutes. It was cool. It was good to get to know him outside of the football context a little bit. Uh, I wound up seeing him the next year uh, down in Mobile when they were coaching, and we got to interview him. And, and you know, uh, the Matt Patricia thing, it's such, a, it's, such a, it's such a senseless story because he is a good guy. He really is. I've, I've heard that from my personal experiences with him, watching him interact with people. And I, I know people that were, you know, he's gone out to eat and been very cordial and, and nice with the staff and willing to take pictures with people. But, man, he just couldn't coach the football team at all. And it's it's sad because you hate to see that you know, when, when good people just can't do their job well. And he did it about as poorly as could possibly be done. Um, but it makes it harder for, for when, when we're in those situations to, uh, to badmouth Patricia too much. Uh, yeah, 
Yeah, so so these these are the fun things. Um, they do allow fans in Indy. I would not recommend making the drive down. Uh, from where I live in West Michigan, I I literally turn I turn right out of my where I live, turn left in two miles on a US thirty one, and I am there in three and a half hours. I do not have to make any other turns in the car. It's a straight shot. It's an easy shot. And fans do get down there, but I will tell you, uh, first off, the the fan access to the players and especially the the higher ups, the coaches, is extremely limited. They do a very thorough job of segregating the media and the players from the the general population. You can get in and watch in Lucas Oil Field. You can watch the the quarterback story. You can watch the the running backs run. You can watch the the linebackers roll off the ground and, and pretend to, to be catching balls, um, and that's fun. If that's if that's a fun thing for you, the, the thing is, you're not guaranteed a spot. You have to apply for a lottery, uh, and I believe they're still doing that again this year. Uh, and it, it's strange because, like, you can watch those things on TV and you'll get the same thing out of it. it it's a very sterile environment where they're at. Like you're not you're not watching. It's not like the Olympics where like these guys are like you know, juicing themselves up and everything. You're just you know, to, to to go compete. It's like they're they're doing a job interview, and it's like it really has the feel that you're watching a job interview being taken place. And while it's a very athletic one, and I will say the bench press is fun. And if you're gonna go, the bench press room is probably the best place to go if you're a fan just to get some excitement going. But it's, unless you're really hardcore or you know somebody that's gonna be there. Uh, and, and there are several Michigan players. There's a couple of Michigan State players that will be down there. Um, probably a couple of Mac guys too. Um, I actually haven't looked at the list. Full, <laughs> I probably know that. Um, uh, Caleb Murphy from Fair State will be down there. And I'm one of the people that I'm going to be watching is him because I think he's a very realistic late round possibility for the Lions. Um, if not Detroit, somewhere else. I think that kid's going to get drafted. Uh, he's he's got a lot of really good tape and he's a very impressive athlete. Reminds me a lot of James Houston coming out. James Houston, one of the Lions rookies that they're looking at building around, uh, was another guy that, uh, you know, great find by Brad Holmes. And, and that's another thing that we're really looking at is who are they looking at late? Are they looking at the quarterbacks? Are they looking at a guy like Caleb Murphy? Are they going to be looking for a running back? What kind of running back do they, do they want? A, they want a big guy. Do they want a DeAndre Swift replacement slash backup type thing? You know, that, and that's so that that's what goes on in Indy. Um, there's a lot of. Oh, I see this agent. I know his player, so I'm going to go talk to him for a few minutes, and he's going to tell me where his player might sign, who's interested, what level they're interested in, and you would be stunned at how candid and open these guys are about it, and generally pretty truthful. Uh, most of what they tell us down there winds up being at least partially true, and that that makes it a lot more fun. We'll we'll have a much better idea of where the Lions are, you know, what tires they're kicking in free agency. What level of tires they're kicking? You know, are they going for the, you know, the the used tire specials that you you find uh, off some some guy's house at, on Division Ave? Or are they going, you know, the Bell Tire and getting the, the top of the, the line? You know, Hankooks or whatever they are. Um, I like the Hankook tires; they're good. Producer Brett Hayes is looking at me like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah, we're we're, we're talking tires. We're talking football. We're having fun. It's the huge show. This is Jeff Risen sitting in for huge. For those of you who are wondering, why is this guy talking about tires and combine? Yeah, Bill. Bill's on vacation this week, so you'll uh, you'll get more of me for the rest of the week. Uh, you get Eric Zane sitting in, pushing the buttons, and driving the show for the rest of the week, and that's going to be fun because uh, I tell you what, Eric Zane. Uh, he and I talked about what we're going to do for the show this week, and he basically said. 
I'm not Bill. I'm not doing Bill's show. We're going to have fun. And uh, I'm going to hold him to that. It's going to be, it's going to be a, a fun ride this week. And uh, we appreciate you joining us all along. We're going to take a little break here. When we come back, I'm going to talk to one of my friends that we do, uh, that I will see next week. Mike Kay, the Carolina Panthers beat reporter for the Charlotte Observer, will join us. We'll talk about what's going on with them stealing our coaches and what they might do in the draft. From St. Joseph to Midland, this show is huge. It's time to go on the court with Johnny Kane. NBA fans, it is time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings app today and use the promo code HUGE when you sign up. Then bet just $5 on the NBA and get $200 in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook. The NBA All-Star break is in the rear view as the Pistons set out on the unofficial second half of this season. But one thing to watch is how Dwayne Casey plans to use his four young bigs. Newest Piston, James Wiseman, was impressive in his one appearance before the break. He scored 11 points in five rebounds off the bench against Boston. He'll figure into the rotation along with rookie Jalen Duran, Isaiah Stewart, and Marvin Bagley, who's close to returning after undergoing right hand surgery in early January. Duran missed the Rising Stars Challenge this weekend to rest a sprained right ankle, but should be cleared when they travel to Orlando on Thursday. Huge here for my good friend Tom Rose. Now, he's a managing partner at Bean Garter. They are one of America's top accounting and business firms, and they're stronger than ever before with their new partnership with Dorn Mayhew from the east side of Michigan. If you're a small business, big business, and you're looking for the professionals who can help your business on any tax or business need you have, go to beangarter.com. That is B-E-E-N-E-G-A-R-T-E-R.com. And we're close to March Madness, so be looking for our huge bracket challenge where you could win big cash, courtesy of Tom Rosenbach and his team from Bean Garter. We'll have more details in the coming weeks. But if you're a business decision maker or owner and you're looking for professionals to help your business, contact Tom Rosenbach and his team at Bean Garter. B-E-E-N-E-G-A-R-T-E-R dot com. Imagine this, winning big at Soaring Eagle. Get a taste of sweet rewards, up to $5,000 cash. Every Friday in February from 7 to 11 p.m., play for a chance to take home the chocolate bar with prizes from $1,000 premium play all the way up to $5,000 cash. Don't miss sweet rewards. Only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Your getaway. Reimagine. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. Bill Simonson here for Roast Umber Coffee. It's a farm direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids. And their nitro cold brew coffee is a convenient and healthy option with no sugar or additives. So if you want a great coffee or energy drink to power you through your morning and your day, it's available in ground or whole bean or in cans. More information on the website and direct delivery to your door at RoastUmber.com. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Good afternoon. 
afternoon, Michigan. Welcome back to The Huge Show. This is Jeff Risden sitting in for Huge this week. Today, you get me. The rest of the week, you get Eric Zane with me. We're going to have a lot of fun while Bill uh, goes out and about. Uh, trying to connect with our guests here. We're having a little bit of issue getting hold of Mike. So uh, we'll just talk a little bit more about what, what's going on with the Lions and the Combine uh, coming up next week. It's it's the next big calendar event on the NFL schedule. Uh, again, we get to talk to Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes. They are required to talk to us there. Uh, that will happen either next Tuesday or Wednesday. They haven't given us the exact schedule of events yet. Uh, they also haven't told us exact times and dates of when anybody's working out, other than that the quarterbacks will be throwing on Saturday night. Uh, and that's always like the marquee thing. And uh, look, there's only so much you can take from guys throwing in their shorts and looking, you know, trying to find <laughs> trying to find mythical receivers that aren't out there or, or working with receivers. But uh yeah, it's it's fun, and uh, um, our upcoming guest here has has some experience in watching these things and doing these things. He is the uh, the Carolina Panthers beat reporter for the Charlotte Observer, Mister Mike K. Hey Jeff, how you doing, Mike? Thanks for joining us on the Huge Show. I believe this is your first time joining me on the radio, so uh, it is great to have you, my friend. Uh, thank you for thank you for joining us, giving us some of your time. Yeah, of course. Um, so. Yeah, no, I appreciate being here. It's been kind of a busy month for the uh, for the Lions, or excuse me, for the Panthers, but also the Lions. Well, yeah, you you keep stealing our coaches, Mike. What's going on with that, man? Uh, well, it's been it's been kind of a roller coaster ride for the Frank Reich uh, coaching search. I mean, obviously, there were around eight main candidates for the job, and then once Frank Frank Reich got in towards the end of January, he, he hit the pavement running by bringing in guys like Ejiro Evero and Thomas Brown and Jim Codwell and Deuce Staley and Todd Wash and Park Frazier, Josh <laughs> McCown, a lot of like Detroit legacy guys too. So uh, he brought in Sean Jefferson. There, there's, there's a lot to like about this new staff and a lot of experience. So uh, I want to I want to get to one of the, the the player or the coaches that didn't go to Charlotte real fast, and that is Ben Johnson, the Lions offensive coordinator. In your estimation, how serious were the Panthers interested in him becoming their next head coach? I think they were very interested. I think had he interviewed well, he was considered the favorite. Um, but I think Frank Reich kind of really hit the nail on the head in a lot of these uh, areas that. David Tepper and Scott Fitterer were looking into. I think they wanted a guy who was more than just a head coach, and I think that would have been a really tough position to put Ben Johnson in as a guy who literally just started calling plays, is in his mid-30s, has not been around the league even a, um, you know. A, <laughs> he's he's, he's green. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To say he's green is fair, um, even though he is a local. So, I mean, they wanted a guy who could really be a CEO, and not in the traditional sense where you think CEO, where it's like, yeah, he's not calling plays, he's just overseeing everything. No, they wanted the total package. They wanted a guy who could do everything that he would ask of his coaches and his players, as well as the guy who could go beyond the football stuff and be a leader for this entire organization. 
And that's not what you had in Matt Rule, so that's that's probably a good choice on on uh, the owner and GM's part there. Talking with Mike Kay from the Charlotte Observer, a good old friend of mine that I cannot wait to see next week in Indianapolis. Uh, we're getting together to to hit the combine again. Uh, I wanted to ask you about Todd Wash. Now he has ties to people in the Panthers organization, but it was somewhat surprising that he left Detroit. Um, he was the Lions defensive line coach, and that's the only job title that he will also have in Charlotte. Can you make, uh, <laughs> as your son chimes in, uh, can you make any sense of why he made a lateral move? Was it more uh, for, a, for, for a better opportunity later in Charlotte? Was it something, you know, was he dissatisfied in Detroit? I, obviously, these are questions that you probably can't answer, but your, your best estimation of, of why he made a move like that. Well, I, I think when you look at what Todd Wash brings to the table, he's a guy who understands hybrid fronts, right? And, and I thought that the Lions switched up the way that they were going to attack last, last. Sorry, as my son is getting impatient about his iPad. Uh, maybe <laughs> Todd Wash wanted uh, a different type of system to work in. I, I'm not really sure. I mean, it's a mystery. Brent, please hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Sorry about this, guys. Um, <laughs> the fun of doing interviews with kids. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, Dad, let me talk to you. Which I'm sure is what Todd Wash said to Frank Reich. Is he, uh, on, and now see, Mike, that's, that's why you're a professional. This, this, this is a man who's done television, radio, and print. He's, he's, he's sort of the king of all media in Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> well... So, look, he's got deep ties to Ejiro Evero. He understands hybrid front, which Ejiro Evero is probably going to run. Uh, I think this is an opportunity for him, too, to grow defensively. We know Ejiro uh, Evero is going to be uh, a guy who is going to be on, on the head coaching search bonanza for the next couple of years. If he goes and gets a head coaching job, maybe Todd watches the internal replacement we don't know that to be the case in detroit so i think with all that said this is probably a more interesting landing spot for him as he and 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 deuce daly bounce from detroit to carolina yeah the the deuce daly situation with his mother being ill and he's he's from the area that that sort of made more sense than 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 todd wash leaving uh they just hired jim caldwell uh, as a senior offensive assistant, is is that right? Uh, and what exactly is he going to be doing? The former Lions head coach uh, working with Frank Reich. Uh, he will be overseeing pretty much everything. He's kind of going to be like a second set of head coaching eyes for the Panthers. Uh, Codwell's a guy who used to work with Frank Reich in Indianapolis. He's a guy who understands multiple facets of a of an offense, multiple, multiple facets of a team, and I think what's interesting about him is he can kind of help guide some of the younger coaches, a Parks Frazier, a uh, Josh McCown, as well as the younger players on the roster. Yeah, then he can, he can do that. Like, we, we've seen him be the, the grandfatherly overseer before. Uh, and uh, I think I think most of Detroit is finally over the fact that we let him go when he was had a winning record, and then it didn't go so well with the replacement, but uh, you, you guys know about that in Charlotte too. And, and you've also covered. So uh, for those of you who don't know, Mike, Mike K from the, the Charlotte Observer joining us, uh, he used to cover the Eagles and the, the Jaguars. Uh, so you've, you've seen the, the whole gamut. Um, so you are a Philly guy at heart. Talk to me about what it's like to see the team that you have loved 
become so good consistently after they just weren't for so long? Well, I mean, it's it's cool. I mean, look, I grew up a fan. My kid and my wife are fans. Uh, that kind of side of me is gone for the most part. But, um, no, I, I think it's been really cool for the city. I think, you know, Nick Sirianni is the type of guy who shows that, you know, you don't have to win the press conference. You don't have to be the most experienced guy. You just have to be a leader of men. And I think it's something that he and Dan Campbell have a lot in common with. I would agree with you on that. Uh, and and that, that's, that's, that, that cannot be said much better than that. Uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about the draft. We're going to Indy next week to the Combine to see what our teams might do in free agency in the draft. The Carolina Panthers with a new head coach, new offensive and defensive coordinator, new systems probably coming into play, have the number nine pick. What is your early read on where they might be looking with that pick? Quarterback. 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 <laughs> quarterback. 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 I, I think that they're going to quarterback, uh, quarterback Mike. Quarterback. <laughs> yeah, I think it'll be a quarterback. Um now, look, I, I think you have to look at the way that they are structured. They have talent in all areas of the offense and defense, but they're not very complete. Like, they need a, a second edge. They need a, a second starting corner. They need a second starting safety. But they at least have some groundwork there. And I think you bring in a guy like Frank Wright, you bring in Joshua Cad, you bring in Jim Caldwell, you bring in Park Spazer. Those are four offensive-minded guys who all have a lot of experience in the passing game and mentoring quarterbacks. Well, it makes you ask yourself, why would you go after a guy who's maybe a a, a, a five- to eight-year veteran who's been around the game, has seen a lot of things, when you have this type of tutoring? And I think when you look at this class, which is better than last year's the quarterback, I think a guy like... C.J. Stroud kind of fits Frank right to a T. I would agree with that. So, they're at nine. Stroud might be gone by then. He might be gone by the time right. the Lions pick at six. Uh, is there any thought that they might want to be moving up to maybe number six, as an example, <laughs> to, yeah, to get the guy I that they want? I think they'll be aggressive. I think the pressure points are probably three, five, and six, as you mentioned. You know, yeah. if you look at Arizona – you want to get in front of Indianapolis if they don't trade up to one. If you're uh, looking at Seattle and uh, Detroit, those are two teams who could potentially take a quarterback, even though they have some pretty good short-term outlooks at quarterback. Um, so maybe they're willing to kind of jump back and, and take care of that need down the road. Um, you also want to stop the bleeding if a few teams trade up. So I think – that three to six range is really important for them. I think they will be aggressive. I don't think they'll just let other teams decide who their quarterback is going to be. I do think if they go after a quarterback, it will be on the aggressive style. Interesting. Uh, that that's there's a lot of people in Detroit that would love to trade back to that nine range because that makes taking a cornerback a little bit more palatable. Uh, you talked about a couple of the other needs that they have. Um, if they can't for some reason get a quarterback at nine. Uh, where else might they be looking for that 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 second corner, maybe the the pass rushing edge? Although I think um, I'll ask you, this. I don't like this pass rush class at all outside of Will Anderson. Are are you in that mindset, or are there are there some guys that you like? Yeah, I'm kind of in that mindset. I haven't really started that much tape, but in a lot of my research and talking to folks that I trust around the league, the edge class doesn't seem like it's got the juice it once did. 
Um, I think tight end's a really interesting spot. I don't know if they would pick there at nine, but if all the quarterbacks are off the board that they like, maybe they trade back and look at you know some of the guys who are maybe going to be available in the middle of the first round. It does seem like this tight end class is much better than in years past, so we'll see if that drops a lot of guys down the rung. But I think tight ends and corner are two positions that I could see them addressing if quarterback isn't there. First round tight ends with Jim Caldwell. What could go wrong? Everybody in Detroit laughs now. Mike K from the Shot Observer joining us. Mike, thank you for joining me on the huge show today. Uh, I will see you next week, and we will be stuffing a lot of food into our faces, and I cannot wait. Yeah, that sounds good. It'll be good without kids for a little bit. See, this is why we go, because we can get a respite away from our children. Uh, Your son is, what, four? So a little bit younger. Uh, I I still do it now that my kids are teenagers, too. It's nice to get away from that, too. And you're raising, like, a human pterodactyl at your house, so there's uh... (laughs) a... Yeah, we got a little of that going on. <laughs> Mike, thanks for joining me, buddy. I'll see you next week. All right, Sam. Mike K from the Shadow Observer dropped a little bit of in- interesting info there that uh, on on the Panthers and their. I think it's, I, th- I think he wants them to take a quarterback. I think they're going to take a quarterback. Uh, makes a lot of sense, but they're at nine. There's a potential for the Lions to trade back if you're looking for a potential trade partner, and especially if there's only one quarterback left. Or if there's two quarterbacks left and they want to make sure that they get the one that they want, that's where you look. Uh, Carolina at ten, uh, Tennessee at, or uh, Carolina's at nine, Tennessee's at eleven. They could also be in that market if looking to trade up. If you're looking for a place to look where Brad Holmes could trade back, that's where you need to look. When we come back, we're going to wrap up the show on a Monday. Everything huge, 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. Before I make change. Daddy K. Stretch from Naughty by Nature. Flex Alexander. The original G Money. Alan Payne. Gary Dordain. February 23rd at the Vox Performance Hall. Tickets to Ticketmaster. Huge here with a reminder for everybody to join Van Andel Institute Purple Community and the Grand Rapids Griffins for the Purple Game on Friday, March 10th at Van Andel Arena in downtown GR to benefit cancer awareness. Find out more at VAI.org. That's VAI.org. We play for the thrill. That rush you feel with the game on the line. I'm Herman Moore, Lions All-Pro Wide Receiver. Now, with Eagle Casino and Sports, the new sportsbook app from Soren Eagle, anywhere I'm at, I'm still in the game. Sign up now and get up to $1,000. That's right, up to $1,000 for a risk-free bet on your next favorite underdog parlay or prop. Eagle Casino and Sports. Made in Michigan, made for Michigan. Must be 21 or older in Michigan to play. Roast Umber is a farm direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids. And also the Nitro Cold Brew Coffee coffee is a convenient and healthy option for energy with no sugar additives look for it at your local retailer or at roastumber.com get more for your money this week at meyer right now when you buy six select items you'll save three dollars including prego pasta sauce dan and light and fit or oikos greek yogurt and meyer food storage bags plus coca-cola or pepsi products are buy six save three dollars plus deposit where applicable and pay the same low meyer prices no matter how you shop in store or online 
Get more for your money at Meyer. Exclusions apply. See all the deals in the Meyer app. Huge here for my good friends on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Now, after you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use code HUGE when you sign up to get the promo hookups. That's H-U-G-E when you sign up after downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook app. You can get in on all the action. College basketball, the NBA, NHL, Pro Golf, PGA Tour, NASCAR, and more. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use that promo code HUGE when you sign up to get in on all of the action. That's code HUGE, H-U-G-E, when you sign up after downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook app. And every night there's college basketball, the NBA, the NHL. If you're a soccer fan, like I said, pro golf on the weekends, Thursday through Sunday. And now NASCAR is back. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code HUGE when you sign up. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Oh, yeah. We're playing my kind of music today. That's producer Brett rocking out with us today. Enjoying the huge show. I am not the huge one. Huge is out this week. This is Jeff Risen sitting in today. Thank you for joining me all across the airways all over the state of Michigan. Special thanks to all those of you tuning in on Holland's hometown station. That's where I live. That's where I listen to the huge show. Uh, always a great time to be in here. Uh, had a wonderful show today. We had a lot of great guests. Had Scott Bischoff on from the Detroit Lions podcast, which is where I also happen to work, uh, at least one of the hats that I wear. Talked to us a lot about the Lions draft possibilities. Uh, we had uh, Mark Schofield from the SB Nation come in, talked to us about uh, some of the quarterbacks in the draft, what we're going to be looking for in Indy next week. Uh, also repeated that process with Mike Kay from the Charlotte Observer, who was just on with us. Uh, we talked about the Panthers, why they're stealing our old coaches, what might come of that and what they're looking for in the draft. And uh, he made it very clear. They're very interested in getting a quarterback and they could be a team that trades up with Detroit to get one uh, there at the number nine pick. Uh, thank him for joining. We did talk some basketball with Anthony Broom from the Wolverine.com on the on three network. Talk to us about what happened Saturday night. Uh, the, the wonderful Aside from the basketball game, the wonderful event that happened in Ann Arbor between Michigan and Michigan State, sort of a a a moment of peace and harmony and you know bringing people together in a time where in a situation where people don't normally don't want to come together, everybody just needed a hug and it was like a giant hug for the state and uh, it, it was a great experience and uh, again it was it was it's wonderful that it happened. Now let's hope that we don't have to need it again anytime soon because uh, the senseless killing was uh, it, it, it's hard, man. It, it, it's very, very difficult upon the psyches. And I give a lot of credit to the young men who played through that um, and, and the students at Michigan State who are back in school today. God bless you all. May you be safe uh, for the rest of the week because we do have a little bit of time uh, coming on with with Bill being gone. Um, again, no truth to the rumor that he's uh, taking the Aaron Rodgers darkness treatment and taking some ayahuasca and wondering what's going on in, you know, the, the foothills of Guatemala where the, the coffee comes. By the way, so we did an ad for Roast Umber Coffee. I happen to have one here. I cracked it open. 
it's pretty good. Like I'd never, I'd never tried it before. So, so testimonial. They don't even have to pay me for it. It's it's pretty darn good. Um, I, I I like it. Very 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 tasty. The rest of the week, you're going to have me, and you will also have Eric Zane. Uh, we've been in here. We actually did one show together with Bill a couple weeks ago. Uh, that went pretty well enough that we're going to try for the rest of the week uh, to have some fun. So Zane will be sitting in here. He will be uh, manning the controls. Hopefully, he will indulge my heavy metal uh, tendencies, as, as producer Brett has done today. Uh, and, uh, by the way, for those of you who like my style of music, the new Avatar album is out. And it's not the blue people. These are the Swedish people. They're really good. It's a great album. Check it out. Uh, that, that's as far down that road as we'll go. Once again, thanks thanks so much, everyone, for joining us today. Uh, I wanted to do a, a couple of quick things uh, while we're going through this. Again, and I brought this up at the end of one of the other hours. MHSAA, I'm going to give you guys some credit. Your officiating has gotten better, specifically in basketball, but I've also seen it in football and volleyball this past year. I go to an absurd amount of high school sporting events and middle school sporting events. I, I want to give credit to the guys in the blue or the, the black and white or whatever. They are doing a, a much better job than they have in the past years. Can you get some exceptions? But uh, uh, it's it's good. And I, I dare say that the, the huge show has had an impact on that with Mark Ewell coming on and, and spreading the good word. If you want to be an official, check out MHSAA.com uh, and, and learn how to do it. It's a great way to make some bucks. Again, Thanks so much for joining us uh, this week on The Huge Show. Uh, again, Zane for the rest of the week along with me. But today, it was just me, Jeff Rusin with the Lions Wire. Check out everything we're doing over there on Lions Wire as well and get your draft fix in. Big. Bad. Huge.